Bliss Out Podcast. Episode 11, Legs 11. How are you doing, bro? You good? Yeah, good, mate. I, I am as I am as the sign says. <laughs> good, man. It's been a while. Sorry we missed last week, people. As you can probably see, it looks like I am in, as Chris calls it, a crack den. But I am just decorating like literally every room on the upstairs of my house. So uh, it's a big... Decorating is an, decorate an understatement. You're rebuilding the house from the fucking joists upwards. <laughs> Honestly, it feels that way. Like, I'm literally... <laughs> <laughs> a small leak turns into a brand new floor, new joists, everything, all new noggins in between it all. It's just, uh, uh, it's been a big job, but we're slowly getting there. And hopefully in the next few episodes, it won't look like I'm sitting in an opium den doing this uh, this podcast. <laughs> it adds a bit more ambience to it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I'll try to rig it up the best that I can. Still got the old uh, Marquis Smith poster there that you got me. Oh, yeah, you've got all of that. And you just need someone gouging on the sofa behind you now. <laughs> well, it's usually Laura, isn't it? But... <laughs> <laughs> so, man, oh, what's new with you, bro? Man, not much. There has been some good news today, though. There's been yeah. some really good news. Over the... Yeah, fucking R. Kelly's been convicted. Finally. Yeah, fucking I saw that. Finally. I can't believe the cheeky bastard's got the audacity to turn around and be like, I'm going to prove my innocence. You're not innocent, no, mate. You're guilty as fuck. And it's it's been on the cards for so fucking long. This as well, hasn't it, man? Just like, yeah. and it's dragged out for so long. And it, it, I don't know, it can't. I was chatting to Laura about this before, and she made a good point when she just said, like, do you really think it would have took like this long for a conviction, but also like this long and like this much for people to stop listening to his music if it was white women that he assaulted rather than black women? And uh, I kind well, of agree that. Well, this is exactly what they say in the Surviving R. Kelly documentary. They were just like, if this was a load of white teenagers, this would have fucking stopped years ago. Yeah, man. Because it's like, you know, I, I do feel like people will stop listening to R. Kelly now, and rightfully so. But you, you still hear that shit out and about, like, pretty often, don't you? It was just kind of, oh, well, we'll see what happens. It weren't really that much of a big deal, I suppose. Well, there's still people backing him, though, isn't there? That's the fucking crazy thing. But, yeah, I'm not, like... Finally, justice has been served. Now let's hope that they just throw the bucket in. I mean, I, I fucking made a, a comment on someone's post. I think it was like Consequence of Sound. I was like, let's hope he gets disemboweled and the anger fucking up by his intestines. Yeah, man. The serve things that are unforgivable and what he did to those poor women. Uh, yeah, underage. It's just yeah. disgusting. There's so many different avenues to it, but oh, yeah. man. Like you say, justice has been done. Yeah, another thing that I saw in the news today, actually, well, this morning, and uh, this is going back to more like what's going on in the UK at the minute, like, you know, with this petrol petrol crisis. There is no petrol crisis. Stop just filling your fucking cars up, everyone, dickheads. There was a band, well, a couple of bands have said that they've had to cancel tours now because they can't get the fuel to get to the next venues. Oh, mate. I've seen that they cancelled, like, I think 35 lower league football games because they can't get to, like, the stadiums and stuff to play the next games as well. Fucking joke. It's crazy, isn't it? And all the essential workers and people who actually need petrol to get to work, you know, they can't yeah. get to work because of all the fucking, you know, toilet roll brigade who are stocking up on petrol now. It's just oh, well, this it's is the ridiculous. thing. Like, pe- people are stocking up on toilet roll again. I'm not being funny, but um, if there's a food shortage, why do you think you're going to be shitting more? Yeah. <laughs> I know, and they've probably still got it all from last March, haven't they? They've probably got another 2,000 rolls from there, like, in the bunker. That's it. I mean, unless it's going to become currency, you know what I mean? Or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ne- ne- next summer, I'll be like, I've got four fucking potatoes here. I want 12 dollars a toilet roll for that. 
<laughs> Mate, you never know, carrots, man. Yeah, how many <laughs> carrots do you want? How many carrots do you want? What, <laughs> half a dozen? Oh, okay, that's 35 toilet rolls, that love. <laughs> it'd be like post-war Germany, mate, where you're just like wheeling a, a wheelbarrow full of toilet roll down the street and going to the bank with it to try and uh, get some food well, or whatever. It's funny you mentioned fucking Germany. Have you seen what's going on over there? A socialist no. democratic fucking might be winning the fucking... The election over there, mate. Yeah. People not realise what happened hundred fucking years ago when that fucking and how swift that happened. Yeah, it's it's rife though over there, and it, it feels to me it's slower yeah. than building from from when I went over probably about eight or nine years ago to like friends who live over there and who've moved over there and have just kind of seen it slowly accelerating, I suppose, over the last couple yeah, of the right, years. The right wing over there is fucking terrifying. It's not just Germany either. It's like all them fucking like European countries now are just becoming more and more right wing. Mate, so, it was massive in Scandinavia, bro. Like when we went to yeah. uh, we went to Norway and was in Oslo, and it was like he started seeing posters of it. Like, and I didn't know what the you know the translation was or anything like that, but it's pretty fucking obvious from like the the images behind it. Well, that's it. The the ideology and the images give it all away, don't they? You can see a certain symbol, and you'd be like, all right, okay, yeah, it's crazy, man. Well, yeah, but anyway, let's turn all this negative news around. There's all the shit out of the way. Something positive. Fuck me. We finally got to see Nick Cave. Yeah, we did, man. Although we did do the pod last week, we did get together and have a good catch-up. And it was oh, under my word. the greatest circumstance. Um, yeah, fucking... Man, explain it. Tell them what we did. Tell them the story. Well, we got we got to see Nick Cave because one of my fucking amazing customers had two tickets for us. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we went to Nick Cave and we walked down to the front. And we walked right down to the front and then we walked to the centre of the stage. And as I sat down, Nick Cave's mic stand was literally in front of me, in between two monitors. Yeah. I was like, can't get better than this, can you? Mate, it was insane, man. I couldn't believe it. Like, we thought it was second row and we were like, holy fucking shit. We probably thought we'd be at the end. And then, like, we actually got the tickets. And, yeah, A21, A24, right at the front of Bridgewater Hall. Nick Cave, Warren Ellis, like, with a little three-part harmony. Uh, vocalist and Johnny Ostal playing drums, bass, and other little parts, doing man, yeah. playing everything, playing Carnage, playing covers, like played a T Rex cover, played all kinds of stuff, Bad Seed stuff. Like, oh, my only thing that really, like, I wish that that happened was that Warren Ellis played the little guitar, man. That was the only thing. I knew thing you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that because we kept talking about it going, is he going to pick that up? Is he going to pick that up? I just wanted to hear the tone of it. I mean, same, mate. The fact that when we were sat there, and I know that we do this to every gig that we go to because we're fucking gear geeks and we talk about everything. But when we saw that really old mess of boogie, and I was like, he's got to play that guitar through it. And he doesn't, he plays that violin through it. Oh, the violin was so good, man. He's such a good player. Right, and he's such like a funny dude. You could just imagine like walking into a bar in Ireland or something yeah. and he's sat there with a pint. It wouldn't look out of favour. Um, I'd reckon he'd more be in a bar in Melbourne doing Amal and the Sniffers vinyl covers. Well, mate, you never know. Vinyl, like violin covers. <laughs> it's like, it seems like a proper freewheeling dude, doesn't he? Like, he just lives his oh, life. Yeah. And, man, he was just, yeah, incredible. Like, everything about it was just mind-blowing in, in every way. I didn't expect it. It was just really emotional. And like the the content of the album and like some of the songs that he played off Ghostine as well was just oh mate that was fucking haunting absolutely yeah. haunting and do you know what I do you know what was fucking insane about it as well is that we were that close to the front of the stage that when he was tapping his feet to the song you could hear the buckles on his shoes fucking moving yeah 
It didn't need to be mics at some points. It was just no. like, wow. I no. had fucking, like, I had tears in my eyes. I've never cried at a gig before. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was a fucking, I was fucking, like, choking up at points. And I was like, man, this is fucking heavy biscuits. And do you know what the best thing is as well? I remember every single little bit of it because I didn't, I didn't have a single drink. Yeah, I'm glad that there was, like, 700 people in the queue when we got there, man. Yeah. So, but I think I might just do the same at Fontaine's, you know. Oh, that's a week tomorrow. I know, I know, man. A week tomorrow. It, you know what? I don't even know when I got tickets for that, but I... Uh... I do. That, that was... That was... It got announced in... When did it get announced? It got announced in, in lockdown. I think it got announced or just before lockdown because she bought the tickets. And then it got put in lockdown and we were like, oh, it's ages away. This will be fine. Yeah. And, <laughs> and now it's ages getting... away. And it's yeah. been moved God knows how many times. You know what? They better, they better get fuel, mate. Yeah. Fucking fuel. <laughs> be like, I've got a drum kit in my house. He's got fucking four guitars and a bass. You sorted. Get on that fucking stage and play. We've got microphones. We've got everything you need for you to play that gig at the Academy. <laughs> fucking walk here and we'll bring everything to you. Yeah, man. Honestly, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, fucking... It was a nice email to get, just like... Gig reminder, event reminder. You know what I mean? Fontaine DC is 6th of October. So we played two nights, aren't they, in Manchester? We're going the first night. So give us a shout if you fucking see us. The original night, the, the proper fans night, no, the fucking jump on the bandwagon after the second album was released, fucking <laughs> night. Mate, but the last time we saw them was the last gig we saw pre pandemic at the Ritz. And, um, last gig we saw together, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you yeah. went to a couple, you went to a couple with Laura and I went to a couple with Nat after yeah. that. But yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised I remember any of that Ritz gig, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, you did drink a <laughs> bottle of uh bottle of vodka before I think I met you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a heavy night. Oh my god, yeah, and then when I got back and chucked everything back up, fuck <laughs> me. That was awful. That was the oh, last man, time yeah. I was drunk, man. Like fully drunk. Like that was but... the last time I was absolutely bladdered as well. I think I punished my body that much that day that I was just like, never again. Hey, it was a good blowout, but it won't be like that this time. I'm just I really no. want to take it in. Especially with that second album the way that it is. Like the first album's pretty rocks off in it in some parts. So it was yeah, good. Yeah. Like just it felt like an old school punk gig, like and then this album. Well, we said that, didn't we? Because he didn't talk much in between songs. We said it's like a fucking Ramones show. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Yeah, it felt, it, it was good, man. It was really good. The crowd was brilliant. Everything about it was quality. Just, yeah. But it, it, you know what? It had that same intensity that I felt like with, I mean, not on the same level, but the same kind of intensity as Nick Cave when we saw them. Just like something special happening here, you know, and, and it's rare oh, to yeah, see yeah. that. So it feels like every yeah. gig that I go to recently, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older and only go at uh, gigs that like, I know go- you know are going to be good. <laughs> yeah, um, but everything seems like really fucking special. Like when I'm going there, maybe it's just because I'm appreciating it more because we've not been for like 18 months or whatever. And I'm just like, you know, the auditory experience of it, man. Like you say, like I, there's only been two other gigs before this where I cried like, and one was watching Jimmy Cliff, Many Rivers. I knew you were going to say that. That was watching that. that. The second one was Paul Simon when he played Bridge Over Troubled Water. Because uh, that was played a good friend of mine who's passed away his funeral. And I was like, holy right, fucking right. shit. I was also pretty drunk. Like, I was in Ireland, in Dublin. And I had a few fucking Guinness like, and not much sleep. And was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, um, yeah. And then watching that, man, there was a few moments where I was like really close to tears. like And... Like, wow, just, it, it blew me away. But 
Yeah, I don't know. There was a, a passion in it that that hand of God when he played that, and oh my God, yeah, it felt like there was a thousand musicians on stage, and the, it was just was, back. No, yeah, 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 yeah. It was so heavy and intense. It was insane. It was, it was, it was like I said to you, well, like you put on that fucking picture. You know what I mean? Being in a room in Nick Cave for two hours is the closest I'm ever going to get to being to fucking God. <laughs> I think you only down yeah, it's it fucking. Yeah, and then, like I say, I was at a wedding the next day. I was like, if I don't burn when I walk in this church, <laughs> you got it right afterwards. Because as soon as the gig ended, you was like, "Fuck, we need to see bad seeds next." And I was like, "We need to see bad seeds next, one thousand percent, mate." Like that, that yeah. just that him with a full band, two drummers, bass, guitars, all the other little kind of keys and bits and bobs that that add to it. I would love to the power, but the guy can fucking hold your attention in complete rapture and all just like oh yeah, he doesn't even need anything to be honest. Even just holding a microphone, I could hear him, I could watch him and listen to him speak for for hours and hours and hours, man. I don't think I've ever been to a gig and just pretty much watched the front man all the way through it. Yeah. I mean, like I, I know this sounds shit, but it's like I got a gig and watch drummers. Yeah, you do. You always <laughs> fall in line to your instrument, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was like, I spent most of the time watching someone like, oh, did you see that? No, no I was watching him play, so I was watching what he was doing on that film yeah. and shit like that. So, <laughs> you couldn't take yeah, your eyes was... off him, though, could you, man? It was fucking no. like, wow. And a couple of stare downs with him as well. I bet he thought he's like, because most people, I bet, look away when he starts staring at him, like, oh, I'll stare you down. I don't care, I'm going to look in your eyes. I've waited 25 years to be this close to you. I'm going to look in your eyes. Mate, well, you did stick out to fuck, though, like among everyone in like black and dressed like you know, extras from some kind of real obscure 80s gothic B-movie. And then you had, like, turquoise pants on and, like, you know... Me on No Doubt T-shirt. <laughs> Sat front row, just like... But, man, I think yeah. that, like, that's the cool shit, like, that, and that's fucking music, innit? How you, you go to gigs and you see people you do not expect to see there. And, some, and I think that night... You were fucking definitely a dude that I don't think a lot of people would think, whoa, the fuck, man? Why underwear? Underwear well, he's going. <laughs> well, that's what I said to you, because I had a bucket hat on as well, didn't I? And Peter Hook and the light were playing at the Apollo. And I said to you when we were walking up there, and I was like, I bet everyone's driving past us going, them two, well, got to see Peter Hook and the light. Look at them. Like, no, 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 no. We're going to go and get down with the goths now. We're going to yeah. go and dig some fucking graves and see some bats fly. <laughs> but it's mine, it's true. You got me into Nick Cave, and like, it was one of the first time, I think it was the first time I come up to Edinburgh I think probably by myself you put on uh, Boltman's call and I was like wow and uh, yeah. so it felt so fucking fitting to see him with you as well and being like introduced to it to like that fucking live moment years later it's the same oh, kind yeah. of thing I wish that happened with Gil Scott not that I'm bitter and not that I'm gonna go into it but I wish we'd have had that moment where we watched him together because he's someone yeah, yeah. I very much associate with with you and our friendship I think so but yeah, yeah fuck man. it that was a special it was a proper a special moment, man. I remember just being sat in a taxi on the way back and, you know, usually sat on your fucking phone or, you know, ringing someone or texting or doing something or chatting to the guy who's driving and I was just sat in silence looking out the window just processing, like, the last two hours of, like, what's gone on over over two hours, I think he played for in the end. I was yeah, like, yeah. And do you know what? It didn't, it didn't feel like over two hours. It honestly didn't feel, you know, like when sometimes when you got gigs and you're like, 
Oh my god! Like, yeah. come on! Like, yeah. you know, Godspeed you, Black Emperor. Yeah. Oh, I don't need you for two hours and forty-five minutes. <laughs> you start, yeah, uh, I mean, you start becoming aware of the pains in your back and your feet and stuff, especially as you get older. I didn't well, feel that. that was that was the beauty of it, though, wasn't it? Like, this is the one thing I said to that. I said, "You know what the best thing about it was?" I said, "Well, sat down all the way through it." I said, "Maybe I am just getting old, but sitting down at a gig is the fucking way forward now." Bro, you know, I would say the same, man. Like, if I can sit down at a gig. I will sit down at a gig. I am that level of like age, do not give a fuck. Like I feel I can take it in better. Like mm. when I'm sat there. I mean, it depends on the gig and how I'm feeling and the vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I probably won't want to go and sit down and watch Bob Villain or something like that. You probably want to be on your feet. But like oh, yeah. especially because it's only for half an hour <laughs> as well. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a quick short burst of like rapid punk, hip hop, whatever. But yeah, like I'm- Something else like that where I can, it, where it's not punk hardcore. I want to sit down. I think I want to take it in and digest it and really like, you know, be comfortable. Like, <laughs> well, that's it. Yeah, you don't. You know, it's not like you know, I've got to see turnstile and be like, take a deck chair and sit in the front. Not gonna happen, <laughs> is it? <laughs> fucking gonna hoist you up there and you'll be on stage faster than you know it. Yeah, it did. You need that. You know, it depends on the band, but yeah, more often than not, mate seating for me is the way forward like <laughs> just so thing is, that's it you get like the thing is oh you can't even go to fucking arenas now and sit all the way through gig because everyone stands the minute the main band comes on yeah man so oh speaking of which speaking of fucking arenas and bands see the the, the, the four g's have got back together yeah i did man yeah you, you see how much they were charging do you see how much they were fucking charging for the ticket nah mate 165 pounds sitting the gods Oh, nah. I seen they played the first gig back the other day and they were four hours late yeah. on stage. four hours late? Fuck off. Like, if you think I'm going to spend that much money on a gig where you're going to come on stage at fucking midnight and because the curfew's in the UK, you'll get to play for like 20 minutes. You can fucking suck my big fucking hairy love eggs. Yeah, I'm not asked me, mate. I'm not bothered. I think it's it would have been good back in the day, in the time, but like, I do think that something's past like a Smith reunion. I'm, I'm not asked. I'm not interested. Like, well, it I don't need a- to. It's, it's fine, mate. That's covered now anyway, isn't it? Rick Astley and Blossoms are doing it, so it's no, 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 no one to worry about that now, bud. But, man, it's, I just, you know, it just wouldn't have the same magic that it would do at the time, so why force it? Like, I think there's some bands mm. that can do it, like, you know, Pavement have got back together and they're doing a tour, and I think that's cool as fuck, like, because they don't look like they're doing it for money. They look like they're just mates who miss each other and want to play some songs and do a reunion. Yeah, song. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it. Rather but, than rather than just carrying on and going, all right, just doing a nostalgia tour and getting some fucking wedge out of it because you know you're going to sell it off. Exactly. It's like the whole Oasis thing. Like, I'm not interested. Like, it would have been cool I to am. see Oasis. I no, am. I would not go, man. <clears throat> not I'd only me. go, though. I'd only go if it was Liam Noll, Gwigza, Bonehead and Whiter. Yeah, it won't be, though. <laughs> You know, it'll be, be uh, fucking, it'll be Gem Archer, Andy Bell, fucking, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, fucking, what were the second rate, third, fourth rate Oasis indie rip-off bands in the 90s. And then Ringo Starr's son, who's not a bad drummer, actually. Nah, he's good. He is. Is it Zach Stark, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's good, man. But nah, I'm just, I don't know. I get it, it'd be cool as fuck to hear them songs. But it's like when Storm Roses come back together, you're like, you know, you get all the feelings and nostalgia in that. But like, is it any good? Like... Not really, no. Like, <laughs> that's my opinion of it. Like, I just feel like it never really lives up to the full 
what it should be because nostalgia never does when it comes back to life, does it? Like you're trying to find it's the whole vibe of when you see a band or the period of time that they were about to yeah. capture it. And sometimes you just fucking miss out on that. We missed out on Jimi Hendrix, you know what I mean? We missed out on like Joy Division in the prime and the Smiths in the prime and all these fucking bands, man. Gotta let it go because you live in the age of fucking turnstile. We live in the age of all these quality bands, like you know, that in 15, 20 years, people will be like, Oh, fuck me. I can't believe that, like, you know, they split up. I really wish that I saw them back then. But, like, you just got to, like, look at your own era and, like, just be grateful for the shit you've got going on around you, man. Fucking... Try and see as much as you can by as many different fucking genres as you can. Exactly, just... mate. You want no, special mate. moments, man. You talk about special moments and special bands. Fucking Vincent Neil Emerson playing fucking... Ah, ah, what the mate. fuck? I actually Insane. fucking, like, I nearly fucking come in my pants when I see that. I'm not even going to lie. Like, I fucking, I was frantically trying to get hold of you. Like, you go like, don't deny me this call. You're going to want to fucking hear this. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the meeting, bro. Fuck's sake. Here, look. I was like, what the fuck's going on? I'm prepping for this meeting and I just keep getting calls coming up on my phone. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> I hope someone's dying. Like, I hope he's all right. It's better than that. It's better than that, trust me. But, man, it's, is it a Saturday night as well? It is a Saturday night. Oh, my word. It is a Saturday night. Man, that'll be an absolute brilliant night. Just around your birthday. A big one indeed as well. So, uh, I imagine... Oh, shit, yeah. 40. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I also I also need to get hold of them vinyl because I don't think he's gonna have any with him because I need I need them autographed off him. Man, we need to shout him out and we need to get him on this fucking show, man. With Dave, like... with Dave. Vincent Neil Everson, when are you are in Manchester, I'm coming for you. We're gonna sit down, bud. We're gonna get set some microphones up and we're gonna fucking talk. And yeah, hopefully, if, if if you never know, if we get him high enough, because we know he likes a bit of doobage, he might even pull his guitar out, man, and do us a special track. Mate, I would love that. You need to get on the show. We fucking love you. Absolutely love you. You got like. We four have done days since off. your first album come out. We have done since your first album come out. Like it came out that week, and I said to Dale, I was like, "Fuck, go and check this guy out now." Like seriously, I was like, "How much more country can you get?" You sat in front of a fucking chicken shop with a Stetson on, holding an acoustic guitar. What more do you want in life? And it's called Fried Chicken and Evil Women, mate. You made my life with that fucking album. Mate, next level. I love it. <laughs> I can't stop singing it. It's perfect in every way. Letters on the marquee. Do you know what I was just about to say? It's it's my favourite song. Such a funny song. Seven come 11. Unbelievable. From start to finish, it's a fucking banger. Like, we would love to get you on. We know you got time on. Time off, sorry, after the gig in town. I don't know if you've got any plans, but come fucking hang out. We would love to put you up, cook for you, get you high, whatever you want, mate. Like, I'll brilliant. cook for him. Let's see if he likes my food, because oh, I've seen mate. some of the food he's eating while he's on tour and some of the stuff that gets made at home in Texas, man, and that, that's some big fucking flavours to knock out the part there. Man, you get some Manchester butter, buttermilk fried chicken and you Do you know what? what I was just about that. to say that. I'd do him a special mac and cheese. You know what I mean? I give him all the fucking all the southern food, all the southern comforts in in, in rainy Manchester because it's going to be fucking miserable in March. Let's be honest about it. Yeah, this. it probably will be, man. But it's your fortieth, bro. We're coming to the show. We're gonna party <laughs> to fuck for Chris's birthday. If not, it will be the first time we're getting wasted since Fontaine's in 2019 because he fucking deserves it. So I'm definitely gonna have a couple of drinks then. I've got to, haven't I? You've got to, mate. Birthday. You've got to. And if you're out and about in town, you want to spend 11 quid 
to go and see a fucking upcoming country music legend, Manchester. Don't tell everyone. We want. We just want it to be us. <laughs> tell everyone. Man, you know that guy deserves the fucking world, man. He deserves a good. Yeah, crowd. he does. But we 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 should just buy all the tickets, like I say, and be like, mate, we'll make more noise than a sold out crowd will for you. We'll sing louder than a sold out crowd will. Mate, and if you buy a ticket through this channel, man, you're a cool person for us because you're watching our shit. Like, yeah. so come hang out, come see Chris, come support his fucking big 40th, and come support Vinny, Neil. Come and support Emerson. me, you might need to fucking hold me up. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely buzzing for that, mate. Like, so much good shit coming up. Like, Fiddlehead in February as well are playing. And then, uh, what is it, breakout next year? Break, outbreak. Outbreak. Sorry, breakout. Outbreak. Breakout. Outbreak. Looking forward to that. Like, really looking forward to that. There's some fucking brilliant bands playing it, man. I think one step oh, closer. You for today. New album. You for today, we do, have just got back together, obviously, like original lineup. Um, and they've, they've just played punk rock bowling. Now, I, when you sent me that flyer over that, you were like, oh, dude, turnstile. And I was like, fuck you. I was like, you for today are playing. I was like, I don't fucking care about anyone else on that bill because I got well excited about that, as you know. Mate, I've seen the live footage from it and I'm literally like, oh, I can't fucking wait. Man, the whole lineup's sick. One step close, we're playing it and they got a new album out, which is sick. So sick. Do you know what? And then I, I, I didn't just, even know they were playing. I just seen them like mate, today on the bill and I was like, wow, man. I keep spying bands need, every time. Yeah. I need to get over the fact that they're fucking like just named after a Linkin Park song and give them a listen. You'll dig it, man. You'll really, really I'll, dig it. Oh, I just imagine them going. I start to the edge. Mate, it's a sick lineup, man. I think that like whatever you do on that day, whoever you see, you'll end up finding something that you fucking dig, Clyde, because Chubby and the gang, Narrow Ed, Drain are playing it, like, Big Cheese, One Step Closer, Fiddlehead, Higher Power, Modern Life is War, and then you're getting up to the big guns, like the real big guns, Turnstile, Not Loose, Basement, You For Today, Terror, Madball. What a fucking lineup, mate. Like, Oh, mate, if Madball are on it, I might have to see if we can get fucking higher on our podcast. After that, because he, he does his own podcast, don't he? But I might have to see if we can get him. Imagine if we could just fucking just do an outbreak special. I would love it, man. I'm gonna get in contact with some of these bands. We'll have you on because we're big, big fucking fans of you, lot. Um, just, and we want we're gonna be at the festival and covering it and doing shit. So yeah, we'll probably do a big fest, big big couple of special episodes around that maybe. Um, it's just cool as fuck, man. I just can't believe it's at Bowlers. It's pretty insane that. One of the best fucking punk rock hardcore lineups I've seen in recent years is like ten minutes drive away from my house. So, and it's an happy hardcore fucking venue. I know, even weirder, isn't it? But that's it. I think it holds like six thousand people, though. You know, bowlers, man. It's pretty big. Yeah, I've never been. I've all, well, I have. I've been to car boots and shit there, but I've never been to uh, any kind of event there. Oh, I don't think I have. I've been to a couple of computer fairs. Yeah. That's the kind oh. of shit I know it for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Like, jip holes everywhere. I might just 
just because nicotine has got me deep and I'm trying to quit, or I've been trying to quit for about five years, I'm going to be sucking on a vape for fucking like otherwise. <laughs> otherwise, I'll be out every 10 minutes having a fucking fag. So. That's but, fine. Um, as long as I that's the only thing you're sucking on. <laughs> <laughs> that's later, and we definitely don't record that stuff. So. <laughs> um, only fans. Bliss out, only fans. <laughs> Yeah, just put that stuff on porno, but it's all good. Uh, <laughs> not paying for it, fucking hell. <laughs> no, I dish my gear out for free, mate. It's all good. Oh, no, no, I need paying. <laughs> Man, so we have a fucking guest on the show tonight. The first ever guest on Bliss Out. Oh, the first indeed. guest? The first guest, man. First guest. How are you doing, Luke? You good, man? I am now. This is my second one of these, so I'm not doing so bad. Happy See how many of them you get through by the end of it? <laughs> I've only bought four, so let's see how it goes. One, two, three, four. It's <laughs> all I fucking need now, man. I cannot drink for shit at all, man. I don't know why. I, I, could, even... never, I could never drink. Don't worry about yeah. it. They, call, they don't call me two-pipe primer for nothing. <laughs> three oh, bottles my. deep and David the Cogney will be sat on his knee. Yeah. Also, I've also, I'm also really aware of how good eating on camera is, so this is my tea, so... Oh, <laughs> Good, oh, how, how, so, good you, how good are you two? I've just got a pizza brought to me. You've got dinner. Yeah, 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 especially when you're this baked. Fuck you. Know, that's, that's, that's like dangling a carrot in front of a donkey, that right now. <laughs> you do Fuck. well just to be on screen, to be honest with you, like an actually compress mentis. Literally, I'll be on the, the floor. You're just not sliding <laughs> down over the next like, 20 few minutes. Like. And you'll just see the coffee just take my place in a bit. That's what's going to happen. Someone behind him like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, what's the fuck? What's the crack here? What's all this shit about? Anyway, fucking Man. podcast about. And why the fuck am I your first guest? Man, the fucking, know, what, how much fucking weed do you lot smoke? <laughs> Too <laughs> much. Fucking hell. Man, we thought we'd get you on to have a good fucking chat. You've been around since day one. And um, <laughs> I just love your shit, man. I love your artwork. I think it's fucking cool. Yeah, man. man. I like that you're doing stuff and, like, it's cool. And, you know, you've fucking got a cool job and everything's fucking sweet, man. So we thought we'd get you on to have a good chat. And nice one, appreciate you it. can fucking always fucking it. chat on me. You've always got a fucking... <laughs> Why do you think I've got fucking lubed up with beer, mate? Yeah. Otherwise, I'm fucked. I'm sitting here fucking stum, you know what I mean? I don't understand how you do all that shit not being baked. I look at so oh. many artists who do, like, weird stuff, and I'm like, how many drugs do you take in the life? <laughs> no. What? It's precise, mate. I'm recreating perfection. I've got to be fucking... I've got to be teetotal when I'm doing it, so... Oh, Otherwise, it'd be enough. all over the place. So do you want to talk, us, talk a few listeners through what, what you do then, man? Right, okay, so um, I'm an artist. Um, I suppose I've been an artist since I could pick up a pick up a pencil, to be honest with you, and I think that goes for I think that goes for everyone. As soon as you can create something, I don't yeah. care whether you're two years old or fucking 20 years old. If you're creating, you're creating. If you're creating, you're an artist. Yeah, um, totally get that one. Totally get that I, one. I, I, I try and bring that into teaching. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 so easy. I, I was brought up with the whole. Um, I got told, don't don't get a job in the arts. Um, you'll never make any money out of it. Um, I can't teach you how to draw. You either know how to draw or you don't know how to draw. Um, and all even even being kind of told that stuff. Um, I just, I, I wanted, I still wanted to create and I still wanted to go out and get a degree in it and I still ended up being being an art teacher. I mean, I did start off 
getting I'm a bricklayer by trade. Like like I got told go get a trade and, and pay your rent and, and that's what I did. But um being creative has always it's always just been in me and I can't, you know, it's that thing if you can't when you can't stop creating, like that's how you know it's it's your calling, isn't it? So no matter what it is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, to- I totally understand that. Dale should as well. Like, like, fucking hell, when he picks up a guitar and starts writing songs. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not, oh, I've wrote, I've wrote a song a week later. It's like, I've wrote six albums, <laughs> concept albums. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, have you got work to be doing? Yeah, yeah. just do this while I'm at work. Yeah, yeah right, they call okay, that Tuesday. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I wrote two albums on my lunch. <laughs> what? <laughs> So like, why aren't you doing this full time? What's wrong with you? Sort your this, shit out. This is the thing with him, like now, now he's in a slump at the minute, so he's not doing anything. He's like, no, there's nothing coming. He's not creating. You know what I mean? But I understand that. I go through that all the time. Like, uh, you know I'll what? You know what? I've got. I, I say I've got a good theory about that. I've I I got this theory off my brother-in-law, um, and and he's um, he's creative. He's he's a, he's um, he does digital. Excuse me. He does like digital packaging and stuff like that. He's, he's a whiz on the computer and Photoshop and Illustrator and all that sort of stuff. But he's a massive nerd. He's a massive nerd. And he's like, look, he's like, my creative process is I might be creative for two weeks at a time, two weeks at a time, and I'll be really kind of prolific for like two weeks. And he says, the rest of the time I consume. So you've got to consume, like you, there's no such yeah, thing yeah, as an yeah. original idea anymore. This just oh, doesn't no, happen. No, there's no. too many people, there's been too many, there's too much time has passed. Yeah. As a person, as a creative person, you have to spend time consuming stuff. Now, whether that's watching movies, whether that's reading comics, whether that's listening to albums, whether that's going to gig, it doesn't matter. You consume stuff and all that does is it gets inside your head and then that generates ideas that's helped you create. So if that means that when you sit there and think, oh, I'm on a bit of a lull at the moment, it's not a lull. You just need to consume stuff. You need yeah, to yeah. fill your head yeah, full of the fuel. Now, yeah. You need to fucking create. So it's it's I suppose it is purely just how you look at it. And it's it's just now as you if so if Dale's on a bit of a, a lull at the moment, it's like just use that time to fully consume and immerse yourself in music, um, pop culture, bloody films, yeah. bloody comics, but whatever. Yeah, That's man. what you need to do. That makes so, loads of sense that because like yeah. I feel like for me it's kind of like I'll come in seasons. So, like, I find that I don't really do... I mean, it, it's different as well because a lot of music is kind of collaborative, so I feel yeah. like I can only kind of take it to a certain level and I never really put that much shit out anymore because I, you kind of need the affirmation of other people, I think, with music, like, who you work with. But, like, I find that I never really write anything in summer because I'm always out, I'm always doing stuff, I'm always reading, writing, doing whatever... But as soon as it gets to like, you know, autumn, winter, kind of the, the gloomy months, that's when I tend to like the guitar seems to get dusted off a little bit and other things seem to start coming out. But I do find myself like I'll either be writing or I'll read like 10 books in a couple of weeks. Like there's there's no in between. I'll just be, I have to devour something. And that's what I feel like I'm at at the minute. But like, I, it, what I'm devouring is like the fucking bathroom and like decorating the house, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is fucking annoying. But that also like yeah, that's that called getting out. old, son. That's what that's mate, called. That's called oh fuck, responsibility. <laughs> Shit, mate. <laughs> you just realise how out your depth you are. You don't know how to yeah. like turn the water off in your fucking house, man. Mate, I was like, I'd, oh I'd straight no. up, like I like like what I'm 37 now, and it's like oh fuck, I'm I'm 37 and a teacher, and I'm like I. Like, I'm a child. Like, I'm fucking... Str- <laughs> you ask my missus, she's like, yeah, you're a fucking man-child. Like, I'm, I, at some point, I, what what's the age where you're like, oh, no, you're a responsible adult now? Like, I've got the job. 
Like I've got the house. I mean, I had a kid 14 years ago. Um, do you know what I mean? I'm everything but married. And it's like, uh, which is the thing that flicks that switch from <laughs> yeah. child to to, 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 to adult? Because I've not found it yet. Me, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Right, I'm, I'm 40 next year. You know what I mean? I, I oh, had my first... Oh, yeah, I no, I feel loads at, better about myself now. <laughs> I had my first kid at 23. You know what I mean? I've got three fucking kids. You know what I mean? I'm Shit, like, I stopped at one, um, mate. What the fuck? Um, you were insane. Three? I thought I was stopping at two and that didn't happen. Three? So. The fuck yeah. is wrong? You're a glutton for punishment. Like they that's self-inflicted. They don't all mate. live with me though. I've got two of them live in Scotland, but only one of them lives with me. It's only a four-year-old who lives with me. One's so. enough, mate. One's enough. Oh, yeah, One's tell enough. me about it. I thought I thought well, I thought I was prepared for the third one at 33, and I was like, fuck, this is a shock. Again. I, I, I remember this, and I remember I didn't like it the first time around. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I fucking I loved it. But like I remember picking Indigo up and like she was like so small. She was the smallest of the three. She was the smallest of the three at nine pounds four. Fucking hell, man! Jesus Christ! That makes me wince. Like, <laughs> yeah. <ugh. laughs> yeah. Well, Travis got a vagina. Was... That's traumatizing. That. What was Travis? They were all C-sections, mate. They were fucking ripped the mums apart. Had they been born? <laughs> what? Yeah, Travis. Travis was what nine pound thirteen. Jesus. Yeah, he was. A I big feel lad. like the worst dad in the world. I can't remember how how how, how big Phoebe was. Not a clue. Just big enough, <laughs> as big as a baby. I mean, that'll do. <laughs> you know, do you know what the thing is? Oh, I see other kids, and I'm just like, they're that small. Really? Yeah. They, they, they come this small. Like, I don't ever fucking. <laughs> but I, my, my mum was telling me I had the same problem. I was fucking massive when I was born. I was like two foot long. You know what I mean? I was 24 <laughs> inches long when I was born. That's so uh, funny that they don't measure you in weight, they measure you in fucking <laughs> feet when you're a baby. <laughs> Oh, it was nine pounds six measure, as well. Get the tape measure out. It's too big. We gotta get the tape yeah. measure out, son. Mate, forty-eight stitches she had to have internally, and the fucking three pints of blood. Yeah, I came oh out fucking God. kicking and screaming. Yeah, and, uh, you, and, and she that... didn't give you up for adoption. Fuck <laughs> me, you'd have been right hey, out of that door. You, I'd have left you, have you no in the fucking hospital. You have no idea. I bet you wish you had it done with the fucking the, the next eighteen years that I gave her. Fuck me. <laughs> Mate, well, when we got to my 16th birthday, she turned around to me and she's like, can't believe we got here. Like, <laughs> you lucky bastard. You don't yeah. know how close you were, son. <laughs> I think she was more, I think it was more I was probably going to fucking do something to myself that they fucking Fuckin write me off. Hell, and, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's how fucking, like, I was just out of control. Yeah. Well, you still are out of control, Chris. Like, can't take you anywhere, man. What do you mean? I was well behaved the other night. You was, yeah, you was. Where'd you get to? We went to the we cave. What the fuck's the cave? Like, how loud a fucking touch that? If it's not, if it's not in no. Preston, like, I don't fucking know. No, we not the cave. <laughs> it's not like not like not like the cavern. Yeah, you know, we're not going to. It's a new club in Manchester. It's like the cavern, but it's called the cave. The cave. <laughs> no, we what went watching. Uh, we went watching Nick Cave. Oh fucking! I was yeah. going to fucking say, fuck with your lingo, with your in jokes of fucking. Like, leave it out, son. We're all my cave, fucking bro. music, all all my music taste is from fucking skate vids. Is that not skate vid? Fair enough. Good, good music taste to have, though. At least it's fucking. Hey, I, you know. I tell you what, it gives you a fucking eclectic, eclectic fucking oh, music, yeah. music taste. Um, weirdly, I tell you what, being a teacher, like the amount of times 
you get asked like, oh, what sort of music you're into? And I'm thinking, I'm not, I'm not getting involved in this because you're gonna, you're gonna tell me a load of music I've never fucking heard of. That's one way to make you feel fucking old, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Kids, yeah. When you turn around to them and you say, you ever heard of the Moody Blues? And they're like, fucking who? And I was like, all right, let's 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 go easy. You ever heard of <laughs> yeah, David yeah. Bowie? And they go, who? And you're like, ah, oh, fuck off. <laughs> See you in a bit. Fucking do one. Do you know Mate. what? I had an interesting one with a fucking goth kid a couple of months back. Like, really, That's really That's still a tall, thing. Like, it's goth still a oh, thing. Oh, it's, it's coming back big style in Manchester, mate. It's fucking Whoa. massive at the minute, yeah. So this, like, I've walked past him and I was like, you know, he had, like, the buckle boots up to the knees and the fucking, you know, like, proper thing, like Robert Smith hairdo, string vest with a fucking stripey vest, you know, stripey T-shirt underneath it, leather jacket, and I was like, you know, layers. you look the fucking business, yeah. I was literally like, yeah, you look the fucking business, you know what I mean? Like, well done. Full fucking like corpse paint face on, and I sort of walked past him and went, Yeah, give him a nod. And he was like, I bet you've never seen anyone like me before. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the first, second, third, and fourth fucking wave of goth mate. I was like, I used to dress like you as well years ago, but you know, fucking I'm old enough anyone. to be your dad, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Wow. But do you know what? We had a lad who came and worked with us, a lad from Germany called Burke, who was a fucking belting lad. But when he started working with us, he turned around to me and he was like, oh, how, how long have you been tattooing for, mate? And I went, how old are you? And he was like, oh, I'm 19. And I went, this tattoo machine's older than you. That's how long I've been for. Get the fuck down, mate. Yeah, right. <laughs> fuck me. Like, how old's your dad? 37. <laughs> Shit, that could be, I'm older than your dad. I could be your dad. <laughs> yeah. It's the same as it's the same as you get all these little kids who go to warehouse projects and part life and they come in and they're like, oh, have you ever taken MDMA? Yeah, when it was in an ecstasy fucking tablet years and years ago. Like, Shut up. Yeah, uh, they used to make there. it really easy. They used to put pretty pictures on it and everything. It was yeah, that's it. Chances are I'd probably danced in the field with your mum and dad somewhere. You know what I mean? Chances are I probably fucked your mum. So yeah. That's it. I, thought, I probably fingered it and then turned out of my makeup and smell her. <laughs> How long is it taking for this to, to devolve into absolute fucking sodomy? <laughs> fucking hell. Mind your eyes, Decoffney. All right, chill out. <laughs> no, no, no he, he was a sex fucking, he was a sex addict anyway. He wanted to look at where his yeah, hands are. Yeah, he's and then he did Californication. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Have you Californication? I remember fucking seeing that first fucking series and my brother-in-law was like, by the way, he was a sex addict when he made this. And I went, no fucking shit, mate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's oh. it. He's one hand's deeper than the other in his pocket. He's well having a little cup there. <laughs> mate, so Luke, you had a fucking, you trained as a bricklayer, but you've always been an artist and then you, you kind of really transformed just into an art teacher. Is that the last few years, was it, man? So, right, okay, yeah, so I keep forgetting on a podcast and we've actually got like... Yeah, this, this went shit. fucking way off track. Then I totally forgot what we were talking about. I love Dale just really trying to bring it back on. So, yeah. so Luke, I've got some, I've got some questions here. Guys, uh, podcast I should here. Rather, we've yeah. only got an hour. We should probably answer some of these fucking questions. Right. Man, we got as long as you want, man. We could go all fucking night. Right, okay, so yeah... Um, Bricklayer, fucking well. I say I'm I'm only a level two bricklayer, so I'm not like I can put one on top of two as long as someone's telling me which fucking two I put it on top of <laughs> at the level I'm at. Um, and then yeah, fucking so being a being in the building trade since I was 17, um, I decided at 26 um, that I was like, you know what, I'm 
I'm going to go and see if I can hold my own in the art world. And I was like, I'm going to do a fucking degree. Um, and I don't, I don't, I left school at 16, so I don't have any A-levels. I left at school when you were allowed to leave school at 16, basically. Same, um, man. Yeah, fucking too. <laughs> um, and I teach Same. A-levels, so that's really bad. That's um, fucking, so... <laughs> that's brilliant though. I fucking love that. But I did a, I did a four year degree um, and I did like a foundation year and it was the fucking best year of the four years because it yeah. was, I was, I was on a, on a, I was, I did um, my degree at uh, Preston Uni at UCLan um, and um, on the foundation year, I was taught by a guy called Mark Parkinson who essentially just had my background. Like he, he, he comes from, he comes from where I come from. He 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 had the same sort of. Oh, hang on, sorry, I've got a fucking Jack Russell here biting for my attention. Um, <laughs> so he came from the same sort of um, background as me. I, I, I feel like he was almost like um, a tool a toolmaker. So he worked in a factory essentially, and then he decided to get on to um, his art degree late on in life, like 20, 26, I think he might have been. Anyway, big bloke, bald. Talks like he comes off a building site. So my foundation year, I was getting taught by the same kind of person who I'd walked off the building sites with. So he just used to give me shit all <laughs> fucking day. He just used to be, he'd look at my work. He'd look at my work and he'd be like, it's a bit shit that, isn't it? And I'd be like, yeah, cheers, Mark. And he'd be like, ah, you can do fucking better. And I was like, all right, dickheads. And I'd be like, I'd feel, I'd, I'd, I'd act really offended, but then I'd fuck off and I'd be like, yeah, you know what? He's fucking right, I can do better. And I'd fucking nail it. Yeah. Um, and and cool, you just tr you, you try loads of, but that's that's the kind of teaching I react well to. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. because that's everyone I've been on site with has always turned around to me. If I've done something wrong, they've been like, "Oh, you fucking dickhead, sort your shit out." And I'm like, and I'm a people pleaser. I enjoy, I really enjoy pleasing people. Um, so. But do you also enjoy getting? You know, like that feeling of going, "I fucking told you so." that's the main reason i went to do my art degree because it was just like, right, you know right. what? I, th I think i think i'm okay at this and i'm gonna yeah. just, i'm gonna fucking go off my own back and i'm gonna go and i'm gonna be like let's let's fucking let's see if i can fucking hold my own right. and <clears throat> i did fucking four years um it was fucking hard work i was working in the studio more than fucking anyone else was i was one of the oldest people in there um and I was then also like got a young kid um, and hold, trying to hold, and I was working at scene at the time as well. Um, yeah. So I was working at, at, at the same time. Um, and it, it, it ended up in like the degree show and I, I'd, I'd created this huge fucking sculpture. Um, it's fucking which sick, took man. Me, which I, went, fucking, I, mate, I saw that, man. It was fucking, fucking cool as fuck. That's like a year's worth of work, like yeah. hours and hours and hours of work. Um, and they turned around. They, t they told me about my um, where my my sculpture was going to go. And at uni, um, you've got I think it's the Hanover Building, and you've got like a big foyer, and it's used as a bit of a gallery space. And my fucking piece of work was smack bang in the middle as Amazing. you walk through the fucking two as you walk through the doors to get into this into the gallery space. Mine was the first thing you fucking saw, and nice. I was just like, yeah. And and and, my, and, and but the only. The mad thing is, is the only person's opinion I was asked about was fucking Marks off my foundation year. And it was just yeah, like, yeah. what do you think? And he was like, you've done all right, mate. And it was like, that's all I needed. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buzzing. yeah. And that's all yeah. I got. It was like, you've done all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good on you. And I was like, yeah, fucking well. buzzing. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Sick. 
I, I had that attitude from like the art teacher in school. I used to have this brilliant art teacher when I first started in high school called Mr. Parker. And after like the first three weeks of lessons, he was like, I can just leave you to do whatever you want to do. <laughs> I mean, he was literally like, you just do what you need to do. You crack on. Like, Brilliant. Yeah. Um, and then when it came to GCSEs, he retired that year, you know, when you got to choose your, your options. Yeah. And I wanted, I wanted to do it on tattooing and the history of tattooing. And obviously in the 90s, that was not going to fucking sway. And they were just like, you'll never be a tattooer. And I was literally like, oh, really? I was like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, literally, like, never. But well, it's your GCSE, mate. If you want, like, if somebody came to me, uh, GCSE, and was just like, um, I want to do it on fucking um, making art out of potatoes, and I'm really fucking into it, and I'm like, I don't think there's any money in making art out of potatoes, but hey, you seem super fucking keen. You go yeah. and you go show me the history of making art out of potatoes, and like, if I couldn't give a shit what you want to make work on or do a project on. If you yeah, yeah. are hella keen and you can fucking show me that you're going to put the fucking hours in, you go for it. You fucking go for it, mate. Yeah. So, all, we, all we ever had was from fucking teachers when we were at school was like, you'll never do this, you'll never do that, you'll never, you never amount to this, you'll never do that. So, one of, so, so one, of, one of the main reasons, and to be fair, one of the main reasons that I got on to the PGCEs through my interview was because I turned around to them and told them the shit time I had at school. And I was like, yeah, so yeah. I, I, um, and I hate admitting this. I went to a, a grammar school for like year, like first, second and third year before I got asked to fucking leave because my grades right. were that shit. So yeah, yeah. So, um, apparently grammar schools can do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, I, I, had, I had an art teacher, a really fucking old school guy. And he turned around to me and, and, and I was we, we were doing like a tonal drawing um, and my dad's into art. And my dad had taught me a technique of like, so you, you put a bit of pencil on, you, you, you wet your finger a bit and you smudge it and whatnot. It's, it's an okay technique, but it's yeah, better yeah. to use it with other techniques. Do you know what I mean? If you put mark making over the top of it, it looks brilliant. Anyway, I was doing a drawing with this and this fucking old school teacher came over to me, looked at my fucking drawing, picked it up, looked at me fucking ripped it up threw it in the bin he says you ever do that in my fucking lesson again you're out of here that was like second year and i was just like and i'm done i'm done here because clearly fuck? we're never gonna get on yeah, and i yeah. was just like seeing a bit mate i like art was the only thing i gave a shit about and now literally could not give a fuck about anything yeah um, yeah, yeah. I, I told that story in my interview obviously with less wearing and they were just like oh my god and i was like i know what it means to be a shit teacher. Like, I know what that looks like. And I know yeah, I will yeah. never be that. I fully am aware that I am in no way, shape or form a perfect teacher. Uh, like all the, all the, all the organization, all the paperwork, all the meetings you've got to go to, all the being an upstanding member of fucking society. And, and, and you know, like it will take me a career to learn all that shit. What yeah. I've got is I know what it means to, to what, what it means to be a shit teacher. And when I step in that fucking classroom, I know precisely how to fucking talk to kids. I don't care what yeah. fucking background you're from. And that's, that's being a fucking builder. In the building trade, you've got to speak to the fucking guy who's shoveling the muck onto, you, onto your spot board. And you've got to speak to the guy who runs the site, to the fucking architect who's, who's looking at his drawing. So I know how to speak to a wide range of people. And that yeah. puts me in such a, like it's <clears throat> everything I've ever done has led me up to this point of being a teacher and it's given me the tools to be a fucking teacher. And it's the best thing about it is it's so fucking different 
to every other teacher I meet. Every other, like the, the, the faces on them when I turn around to them, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a qualified bricklayer. And they're like, I'm what? And I'm like, yeah, well, I was laying bricks like two fucking years ago. And I was, yeah, earning, yeah. Fucking, I was earning good fucking money. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it blows their minds. Especially the, the first point is they watch me teach or they see me walking around school and they just assume I've been teaching for fucking 10 plus years. Um, just because how I fucking am or how yeah, I yeah, act yeah. around school, how I act with the teachers, how I act with the kids. They just assume I've got these years of experience. I feel like I'm blowing my own trumpet massively here. No, um, no, no. Like, no. Do, you know, <clears throat> do you know what? I've had this as well, but I've had <clears throat> this is, you know, because I've been doing this for so long and yeah. it's, I, I am super confident with the type of work that I do because I know I can fucking nail it. And people have turned around and been like, I think you're really arrogant. And ev everyone who I know who knows me, <laughs> when I tell them that, they're like, I told it to Bailey, he was like, he's the least arrogant person you that I fucking know. You still say with Bailey, like, <laughs> dude, is this any good? I'm like, dude, that is the fucking greatest painting I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> what do you mean is that any good? It's, You're like, talking about that affirmation. He's talking about that affirmation before, Dale, and, it, and, and it's a massive fucking thing. I like, like, I, 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 I'm a confident guy because I've, I've mm. learned how to, I've learned how to really put on a facade of being confident because if I do that, nobody asks any fucking questions. And it is that whole, you fake it till you make it. Yeah, um, yeah. But but we all know being creative people, you're fucking deeply full of self-doubt and gotcha. you always want that affirmation off yeah. your peers, off your friends, because you fucking do. And I'll be honest, like like the work I currently do, which was born out of lockdown, is the first work I've ever made in my entire life where I look at it and I go, I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. I fucking like it. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. a fucking, that's a, that's a groundbreaking um, for any creative person yeah. to get to a point where you fucking like the what work yeah. that you fucking, because yeah, yeah. we all enjoy the process. We all enjoy the whole creative, like, like coming up with the idea. And, but at some point, generally along the line, you'll always sit there and be like, Oh fuck, I think it could be better. Yeah. Oh, fuck, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Oh, this is shit. Oh, this is shit. You know what? But this leads me got... to a question that I got for, for both <clears> of you. Like, how do you know when to stop? Like, when do you think this is done? How do you get to that point? Because for me, um, I can tinker and fiddle about with stuff f for an infinite amount of time. I'm sat on with, hard drives with, amount of shit. Do you know what I mean? Right, but, right. Yeah, with paintings with me, because of the way that I paint, because I do everything like, as you know, watercolour. Yeah. So everything that I do is watercolour based. So I have that time while I'm waiting for layers on stuff to dry to walk away. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I can look at it and be like, but I'll always, I'll finish summer and I'll like, show that and I'll show a few other people and I'll never post it because I'm just like, it's shit. Mm. Like, you it could be so much better. No, nah, but... I disagree with you there, right? Because it's not <laughs> right? But also like, when you're, when you do a painting, do you know what that looks like in your mind before you start? Yes. Uh, no. Yeah. when I start a painting I've got a rough idea and outline of it but then obviously as like I say as you're waiting for layers you'll be flicking through Instagram you'll be like oh could I get a little bit more reference for this piece that I'm doing and you'll be like oh alright here you go so it will evolve of its own accord yeah. as I'm going through a painting unless it's something like you know a traditional rose, boom, outline, black shaded, red. There you go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> you I know what that it. shit looks like. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But you know, like when I start going into like the weird territory, they're like fucking three-headed snakes and fucking gorillas eating staircases and stuff like that. 
You can literally just like. Oh, you know, I want to see a gorilla eating a fucking staircase. What the fuck? I'll have to go and find the picture. Yeah, right? that it's some, amazing. It's something that started. And I, like, I just sketched it out and then never fucking finished it. But now, like now, I've got my fucking mojo back after. Like I just started painting again yesterday. I was like, got to start. I want to see what strain of fucking weed you're smoking when you think about. You know what I've never seen before. A gorilla, a gorilla eating a fucking staircase. With mushrooms that growing amazing. Out there. With, with a staircase coming down onto an island and then mushrooms growing out of the island. Oh, yeah, no, I need to see that shit. Yeah, 100%. I'll have to, I'll have to dig shit. it out and send it over to you, but <laughs> yeah, um, man. For me, it's it's that whole that whole uh, knowing when to stop. Yeah, that's a fucking hard one. And 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 sometimes, like, I think it's really easy for um, an artist to. To, to almost block out your gut at that point. And like, yeah. I think I'd like, like the amount of times I tell my kids, I'm like, you need to learn to listen to your gut. It might be wrong. It might only be right 60, 70% of the time, but that's not a bad ratio. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When your gut turns around and goes, you're done, son, take a step, take a walk, go and have a fag, go and have a beer, put it down for a week. Yeah. But just fucking put it down. Um, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I, find the more i give um my gut that time you know what i mean that experience to be like oh i know i know where you're going with this and i know i know you need to fucking stop now yeah, um, but yeah. sometimes that that is harder that is easier said than done i mean it does take it does take a career it does take a lifetime to learn i mean you we yeah. do this podcast 30 fucking years from now and shit we'll be sitting here being like oh yeah fucking yeah like generally i know i know when to stop now yeah um, yeah I mean, on the flip side for me as well, like with when I do a tattoo, if I just draw, like I'll just draw outlines, you know what I mean? I don't do fucking any of this shading or anything or like to show people. I'm like, when I draw an outline in here, I know the finished piece, know exactly what I'm doing with it and everything. And the people are like, oh, what's it going to look like? I know what it'll look like. Don't worry about it. Sit down and just- It's going to be right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one of the, the lucky things that I'm like the client base that I've got now are literally like, is an idea. Just fucking run with it, man. Yeah. All right, sweet. Will do. Yeah, that's, that's what you pretty want. much the process whenever I get tattooed, unless it's an existing piece. It's like, oh, dude, I want something like this. You you do what you're doing, man. For me, like, the way I see it is like, I'm, I'm choosing you as an artist because not just because I believe in your skills, but because I want a piece of your art and your interpretation on me. And I think that... I think that leading back to a couple of things that have just been said is that you said, Luke, as well, that the, the art that you're making now, you've this the first thing you've looked at and thought, that's that's it, that's me. Like, and I and I think that same with you, Chris, with the paintings that you showed me and the work that you've done, you kind of have similar themes and and collections within it, although it's different mm. pieces and stuff like that. But it is conceptualized and a part of yourself. Like, do you feel like the work that you're doing now? both of you independently kind of represents you, who you are as an artist. And do you think that like, you probably answered it by saying 30 years from now, it'll be completely different, but can you see the work that you do now changing and evolving in any way? All the time. Yeah. I fucking hope so. I fucking yeah. hope so. Otherwise, otherwise, what the fuck are you doing? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's yeah. the, like it, it, like the work I currently do. It started in in the in the first fucking lockdown, and 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 in fact, shit. I, like I've just it used to be all over my walls, but the, my work started with literally me with a fucking hell, how big's fucking half and half of of postcard, like a seven 
or a eight size piece of paper and I had a highlighter and I was drawing what would essentially be ribbons and then I was taking a darker version of that color and then turning it so it, it created a 3D kind of ribbon. That's where this work that I do now started. Um, and that was what, 18 months ago? So in 18 months, it's gone from me doodling, literally doodling, to me having this kind of fixed idea with like the dots and the circles and there's this, that and the other, like a really kind of like uniform way of creating artwork um, and, and, and getting creative with colors and how those colors overlay and, and interact with each other. And when I look at that journey of 18 months, I'm like, fucking, that's such a transformation and it blows my mind. And yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's, that's awesome. And I think if you're staying still, you're not, you're not doing yourself yeah, yeah. any fucking service. Yeah. Mm. I, I have that with flash sheets when I do like sets of flash sheets, cause they're all usually based around one theme. By the time you've sketched it all out, then you've fine lined it all. Then you've transferred it all by a fucking pencil to card. Then you've painted it all. Then you've fucking lined it all. And then you've tattooed them. You're like, I am sick of seeing this shit. Time for something completely it. different. Yeah. And that's why like your next set of flash will just be somewhat fucking complete. Even if it's just mundane, you might just do like you know, four sheets of fucking roses, but you're like, I just need to do something different from that because it just burns you out that much. Yeah. I mean, I was, like I say, I've not painted for about 18 months. And then yesterday I did like, I did a painting and a pro marker drawing and I was going through like looking at some of the pieces that I hadn't touched for ages. And I was like, I got to a point where I was getting fucking really good with what I was doing. I was like, why the fuck did I stop? And I was like, because I had no enthusiasm for it. I was literally like done with this. But that's yeah. good. Sometimes it's, it, it, it's not good to force the point. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't, this isn't like, you know, like, Oh, well, I've got to jump. I've got, I've got to do this. Like I've got to do that. Like, I mean, I mean, obviously for some people it, it is, but I mean, I, I think, you force it and you almost, you end up creating something that isn't your best. And yeah. sometimes it, it loses you've got to get that it. out of your system or, yeah. but, but maybe those are the times when it's time to consume. Those are the times when you're mm. not feeling it. And it's a case of when, but you know, people might say, oh, well, you sat there fucking reading comics and watching fucking Netflix. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm consuming. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. gathering all the information from the places that I gather my information yeah. from or reading books or listening to albums, whatever it might be. Like that's, I, I think that that goes back into listen to your gut. You've got to, if mm. your gut's turned yeah. around and being like, you ain't creating nothing for six months. Like, sorry, mate, that's how yeah. it is. And it's like, so, yeah. all right, well, I'm going to pick up this massive library of like yeah. Dale shit. You probably read more books this week than I've read in my entire life. And I'm not even joking. I'm not even <laughs> over-exaggerating that. Mate, you so, know, it's weird though. Like you say, there's a couple of things that feed into it because you always you have that. Anytime you create something, you have all these fears like, is it the best thing? Is it finished? Is it representing what I want it to represent? But then you also have the bullshit imposter syndrome that people naturally feel that is just imposed from like our weird Western world where, you know, for me, I, I you know, I wish I had a fucking Robin Williams esque, like, you know what I mean? Dead Poet Society teacher where, you know, old captain, my captain, but. Yeah. Like I went to an old school fucking school. Like I'm younger than I'm like 33, but it used to be a former boys' school, strict yeah. as fuck. The teachers remained that used to be whipping lads, you know, like 20 years before I got there. They didn't give a fuck about art. Art was here's a bowl of fruit, draw it. And if you can't do that, shit, yeah, then, yeah, like, fuck off. You know what I mean? Music yeah, that's was a couple of well. 
You know what I mean? It was just bollocks. It was all bollocks. Like, so, you know, we don't reward creativity in England, man. You know, we don't give a fuck about if you're in a band, man. You, you expect it to turn up and, you know, you know, petrol's free, isn't it, these days? You just turn up and play for fucking six cans of lager between, you know, your ska band of ten people. Like, you know, it's bollocks. You don't get rewarded for that throughout anything. We don't kind of focus on it or provide grants. So whether you're a fucking a sketch artist, an oil painter, a sculptor, whatever you do, Throughout your life, you kind of just told, well, that's a cool fucking hobby, but like, you know, why don't you go and be a lawyer or a doctor or, you know what I mean? Get a trade in you. Like, so yeah. you have that extra fucking bullshit of anxiety on top of the rest of the bullshit anxiety as well. Like, imagine how rewarding it would be to be in a country or a place where the arts are funded and, you know what I mean? Like, subsidized by the government for like, you know, bands can turn up and play there and they actually get paid a bit of cash and you think, oh, this is a viable career option. Do you know what I mean? So. Fucking ran over. <laughs> no, mate. No, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. Because you know what? It, what blows my mind, and it's it, it's what I bring up. It's what I bring up in, with anybody who wants to have a fucking conversation with it about it in in the school. It's just like you fucking look at any any job advert today, and nine times out of ten, for a decent fucking job, the one major word in there is fucking creative. Like yeah. I want a creative thinker. I want these. Like, they want someone to fucking think outside the box. And yeah. it's like for me, I'm like that starts in the art classroom. That starts yeah. in the fucking music classroom. That starts with people being like, oh, I see how we look at these things in the other classrooms, but in this classroom, this motherfucker's turning around and being like, I know we say there are rules, but you can kind of bend and break them, and then there aren't rules. So fuck knows. Let's fucking have a do and see what happens. Hey, Tiger, is this a new tune? I was touching on the whole, what do you find in fucking in, in um, job adverts these days? And it's, it is that whole, they want creative people. They want, no, they want, they don't want creative people because heaven forbid they fucking actually say that in print. They want creative thinkers. They want people to think creatively. Yeah. And, and without the fucking arts, I'm sorry, but without art being taught at fucking primary school and fucking secondary school, like where the fuck do these people think that comes from yeah yeah you're right mate you're exactly right it, it, it's that's where it starts and I, I don't know i mean like we were saying on like previous episodes it's so fucking out of touch with like you know kids and youth culture and stuff but you know like when we were young it was a weird time there was all these different like moshers goths skaters fucking and you kind of went with your little click and you, you kind of learned through them, didn't you? And you learn your yeah. outlook on life. And I think probably all three of us come from like that skating background of being like, you know, young teenagers, you fucking, you start getting into what, however you get into it, Tony Hawk's probably for a lot of people. Like, but you know, you, you fucking find yourself in this world and you think, whoa, the music's sick. Whoa, mm. these videos are sick. Well, everyone dresses cool as fuck everyone's smoking everyone's drinking everyone's having a good time and living this crazy life like and you kind of get influenced by that and i don't know if the kids necessarily do in the same way anymore of course they fucking do that's why they're all popping xanax and drinking fucking cough medicine with fucking syrup in it yeah it's <laughs> one big subculture and it? it's like you look at leeds and it looks like every kid was there there was no one 
It was like, oh, there's your goth kids to go and see such yeah. a band, and here's your Erasmus. Uh, yeah. The fucking Rasmus. When was that? Like, I remember seeing them and being like, this is a fucking joke, yeah? <laughs> Chris, you always pull out the most fucking weird band that I forgot the about. fucking but... Rasmus. Did they have one hit? Like, honestly, I was yeah. like, this is, this is clearly bullshit. This, oh. Who's listened to this? Oh, the kids have listened to this. Not that I yeah. fucking know of. What the fuck? Do you know what? I know a lad who was at Leeds years and years ago when the Rasmus played. And they come out afterwards and they were like walking around and stuff. And he was fucking annihilated, this lad. Carl, I think his name was. And he was literally leaning against like one of the Rasmus posters, you know, on the boards that they used to have all around the hoardings. And uh, the lead singer from the Rasmus has come over to him. And he's been like, oh, yeah, did you see the last band that was on? Because it was them. And he was like, yeah, but who gives a fuck? Because the lead singer's shit and so is the band. And we were all pissing ourselves and he just walked off. Shit, that sounds like something I'd fucking do. To be fucking fair, um, I did. I did on, on a on a fucking. So I used to work at um, at the, the skate shop in Preston, and um, we had a meeting with oh, fucking uh, Don uh, Don Brown. He's the basically the guy who 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 is like up there on Soltech. So that's uh, to do with Ez Footwear America. Um, anyway, they were they were bringing back. It was like a relaunch of Ez Footwear, right? Now right. I grew up, I grew up with with skating Ez Ez Axels. Like I've skated so many of them, just just with watching fucking Penny, Tom Penny, and you know what I mean. Like those, that's the shoe you. If you're a fucking skater, like that's the fucking pair of shoes you fucking wore. It was all black, white fucking laces. That's what you fucking skated in. See, um, I wore Osiris. Oh, see, I had, I had I had one pair and I was done. I was like, nah, mate, give me fucking Ez any day. But anyway, so, so we had so we had we had a relaunch. So we didn't relaunch. So they got all the shops fucking involved, and 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 it, a, a big fucking meeting in Manchester. Anyway, obviously, it's a, they're getting skate shops involved uh, to to have a meeting about what what they're going to do and and how they're going to do it and this that and the other. Obviously, there's beer there now. Again, they don't call me two pint primer for fucking nothing because I'm a fucking <laughs> lightweight. I will continue to drink, but two pints is my limit, and someone needs to go primer. It's time we're done now. But no. <laughs> No, 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 I continue to drink. Anyway, so we're there fucking with fucking drinking and this, that, and the other big fucking meeting. Um, and fucking Don Brown comes up to, to like, does the fucking spiel and all that sort of thing. Really fucking nice bloke, by the way. Really fucking nice dude. Um, and he's like opening the floor for fucking questions. Everyone's fucking this, that, and the other. And I'm sitting there fucking half fucking cut. And I'm just like, well, no one else is going to fucking say it. All right. I was like, look, mate, Ez is a fucking heritage brand. You've got a lot of people fucking loving it. Do you know what I mean? The old Ez, the fucking new kids will like mm-hmm. it, this, that, and the other. I just turned around. I was like, just fucking remember one thing, mate. Don't fuck it up. And like that. And I was like, <laughs> that's me. I'm fucking done. Sat back down. And I had the, the, my mate who owned the skate shop I worked at just fucking slowly fucking turned to me. And I'm thinking, sat down, thinking I'd done the best job in the world. Just like, what? Oh. And he just sat there and was just like, I, I will try not to fuck it up. And I was like, make sure you fucking do, mate. And my mate who owned the fucking shop, he just looked at me afterwards, just like, what the fuck was that about? And I was like, well, you know what you sign up for if you're bringing me to fucking anything, don't you? Don't, don't ply me with alcohol and act like this wasn't going to happen. This clearly yeah. was going to happen. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> I know that feeling. Oh fuck me! <laughs> <laughs> so man, you used to work in Seed, man. Shout out yeah. Seed, a fucking sick place, that man. Twenty fucking wow, well, long? How many fucking years? It was like fucking over twenty years, mate. 
Um, yeah, mate, that was that, that. I mean, like I I started skating when fucking scene first opened up. Basically, scenes was scene was going as long as I'd been skating, sort of thing. Um, Fuck. Yeah, and everyone. The, the, the lads I used to skate with and knocked about with were older lads, and 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 it just so happened they knew the fucking owner of owner of scene, Davo, um, and yeah, so just that was that was if you if you were Preston based, that's where you got your shit from, um, and yeah, and then I eventually went and when I was at uni, like I ended up luckily luckily enough to uh, to work there for I think it was at least two years, it might have been three years, um, yeah, man, one of the fucking the best jobs I've ever had. One of the, yeah. like you, you're surrounded by the people who are interested in the thing that you're interested in, and with the same sort of mindset. And mate, if it weren't for skating, like I wouldn't be as creative as I am. I wouldn't know the caliber of fucking people that I know. I wouldn't. To be fair, like I wouldn't have gone to uni, and I wouldn't have met fucking Leanne, and then I wouldn't have fucking met you guys. So, yeah, man. like, I've got so much. Um, to give to skating because it's given me fucking so much. Um, that's sick, that because that's how I met you. Shout out Leanne as yeah, well, by the way. Yeah. Uh, fucking miss you, man. She's over in Ireland at the minute. But um, yeah, like I was in a band with Leanne. I think that fucking scene pretty much clove. We were dead for a while. Like, that's all yeah. the only place we shot at, either there or across the road, uh, just down the road, Wonderland Vintage. Wonderland <laughs> Vintage. Um, Shit, that's going back, <laughs> son. Yeah, that's yeah. going way back. Man, it was there going three monkeys, getting a sandwich, and then using Uclan's rehearsal rooms. So that you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I was not enrolled at Uclan, and I've fucking <laughs> man, I must owe them so much money in rehearsal time if they ever calculated it. But okay. <laughs> anyway, it was sick, mate. We used to go and just book out amps and shit. I was like, yeah, whoa, you can book that. out amps. Here. Leanne, Leanne <laughs> went there. It was fine. You were part of the fucking crew. It was, yeah, all good. It was cool, man. But that's where I, that's where I met you, and like, yeah, um, and that's where I remember seeing your final art piece. And being like whoa what the fuck like in the foyer like yeah that was sick man like that's fucking cool it's so cool to see you just fucking like i feel like you've kind of found something about yourself like in a really positive way with your art and you you kind of i don't know on, was, on a good path to idealizing it you know what i mean i did i did um to be like a mate of mine who i used to work with at scene um gav um who's was one of the artists who I aspired to fucking his work ethic alone. I aspired to fucking be like, he was the guy who was spent, who essentially inspired me to go to fucking university. Um, and yeah, he, he, he turned around to me. I think it was, it was, it was probably a year ago um, with, with the current work that I'm making. And, and he just goes, cause I was like, I, I was really worried about the fact that, that I felt like my work was, was really different to the work that I'd, I'd done in, in my degree. And it was like, it's, exactly the fucking same mate it was like all right the outcome's different it was like but your process it's repetition it's getting your fucking head like it's figuring out a process and then switching your fucking brain off and doing it yeah um and i was like oh but like he's always got a way of looking at what i'm doing and bringing it just and, and, and just like really making sense of it for me because sometimes you can make artwork and you can or you can make any be you can be creative and you almost like you don't know why you're doing it or, or, or like like what the fuck's yeah. going on but and, and it's really nice like i'm lucky to have those people around me that can look at my shit and just be like ah, i get you and i'm like oh that's good because i fucking don't and they kind of <laughs> they get they, they they talk you through it and you're like yeah. oh right and it helps your creative process it helps the fucking final outcome it helps you fucking develop as an artist yeah. it's 
and again, that all that all comes from fucking skate. For me personally, that all comes from picking up a fucking skateboard or being given a skateboard at thirteen fucking years old. Yeah. Like shit. When I think about it, like it proper, like I well up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I so think much. Mo- to- most skaters are fucking artists, though, aren't they? And there's so much art that goes behind skateboarding like you know oh, the guy yeah, who owns yeah. the fucking camera do you know what i mean like yeah. oh fucking dude yeah all yeah. of that all of that shit and the fucking for me it was always the fucking covers like you know seeing like going way back the vhs covers oh, like fuck. yeah and yeah. then like you know the dvd covers and whatnot and like it, it's weird because when i got into skating i loved rodney mullen he was like my fucking yeah. dude like there was no chance in hell i could ever fucking skate like even do like one hundredth of what he could do, but like I remember for Christmas, I wanted Rodney Mullen Day One song, like you know. But there was two yeah. of them, weren't there? There was two. Yeah. They did the one and the two. And yeah. My mum went to exit in town, which was kind of like our scene, I suppose. It was fucking yeah. sick. And they only had one in stock. But the guy went home and actually just fucking, um, he got a VHS and just taped two and just gave it to my mum and was like, "Here you go. Here's a second one as well." And I was like, what a fucking cool thing to do for like, you know, someone's mum who's come in a skate shop looking for something. And then the guy's gone out of his way to do that at no extra charge just to get someone hooked on skating. I think that's what you see in skate culture so much. Like, is that giving back to like, you know, in in a not like ego or weird fucking way, just like, oh, here's some decks that I've used. You know, you see pros do that all the time. Here's some fucking shit. Go and use it. Go and skate. You know what I mean? Like, I love that stuff, man. And it's fucking amazing to see like... it's weird. It's weird as fuck to see, think one action of a dude giving you a skateboard has affected your life so much in like, you know, all this time later, like a little butterfly effect throughout your whole fucking trajectory. Yeah, yeah fucking too. This guy was like a mate of my brother's and he was just, he bought a new setup and he was like, yeah, dickhead, fucking have some of that. See how you do on that. And I was like, I remember it like it was fucking yes, it was this bright yellow and it had the word core written on that. I don't even know what kind of board it was and it was bright fucking yellow. And I just remember being like, fucking buzzing. And no one, all my mates were into rollerblading. Like, and I, and, and, and as I was at the time, I was fucking, you do what your fucking mates do. And I got given this and I was like, I'm going to give this a go. This looks fucking cool. Like, yeah. and then that's it. Fucking however many, I mean, it's plus fucking 20 years later. Um, and it's given to me, a vast amount that I can I can't even comprehend how much it's given me in my yeah. fucking life. And yeah, I was listening. I was listening to a podcast that had a skater. I can't even fucking life and remember who it was. And he was saying that one of the best things that skating gave to him was the fact that, like nowadays, kids just expect everything instantly. You know what I mean? If he's, he goes, it's the one thing where it's like, if I work at this. I will be able to do it eventually. And um, going back to what you said about skateboarding, like when I got the opportunity to go work in a fucking studio, you know what I mean? Like I still hold Ray in such fucking high esteem because without him, I probably fucking won't be here now. You know what I mean? Like I won't, I won't be where I won't be. I won't have been doing what I've been doing for so fucking long. That's for sure. And he took a chance on me. He didn't have a clue who it was. That's the that's the that's the fucking word right there. Somebody takes a chance on you. And you know what? Nobody takes a chance on anybody unless they see something in them. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Somebody's mm-hmm. and like and like there's an element of you do need to give yourself a little bit of credit there because nobody just goes, I'm just gonna pick a random person and give them a chance. Cause that doesn't fucking happen. Somebody's yeah, yeah. seen you like they've seen seen me and like they've fucking seen Dale and been like, um you know what? I'm uh, 
this this guy's there's something about him. I don't know what it is, but there's something, and it's that thing that you can't put a pin in, you can't pin it down, but it's yeah, yeah. there. And it's and again, fucking hell, dude, it comes back to that. It's that gut feeling of that person. They've seen you, yeah, yeah. and they've been like, I'm gonna fucking, I've got the opportunity to give slide this person a little bit of a fucking a yeah. leg up, a little bit of a chance. And it's it. such a fucking big thing. But mm, that that the- speaks volumes about you. As a human being, your fucking yeah. self. Because I went in, like I, I previously spoke to a lad in another lad in the tattoo studio in Edinburgh before I moved up there. And so I like I went in and showed him some of the stuff that I'd been like, you know, working on on myself. It was just bits of shit on my legs. And he went, Oh, what studio are you working in now? And I was like, I'm not working in any studio. And he was like, My mate's having a load of fucking trouble with his apprentice, go and speak to him. So he gave me the fucking address of the studio, went down to it, and um I've gone in and I was like, I've not got any artwork with me. I said, but I can bring you some back if you want. I said, I've just got a few pieces that I've done on my leg. And he was like looking at me stuff and he was like, all right, okay. And he was like, give us your number. And I was a bit like, I walked out of there and I was like, fucking hell, give us your number. That's more than a bad off anyone else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and literally like two hours later, I get a phone call off him and he was like, hi, it's Ray. Um, he called, can you start tomorrow? And I was like, um, yeah. I said, what time do you need me for? Oh, studio opens at 10. He's like, but one of the lads is usually in at nine. So I was like, right, okay. So nine o'clock, like yeah, eager as yeah. fuck. You know fucking what I mean? Fucking right. Quarter fucking thing, nine, mate. <laughs> yeah, the, mad, the mad thing was, I was in the library, like on the fucking, on the job site, looking for a job. And obviously like in a library, and I'm like trying not to fucking like jump up and down. And I was just like, log out, fuck this. You know what <laughs> I mean? Bit, mate. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, like jumped, got outside. I was like, yeah. Um, but I was like, my ex at the time was like, what are you going to be doing? I went, I don't care if I'm making fucking bruises, scrubbing the floor, scrubbing tubes, you know what I mean? I was like, I'll scrub the fucking toilet with a toothbrush, don't give a fuck. I was like, I'll do whatever he asked me to do. Um, so he went in, I went in and he's like, I'll give you a week's trial. And I was like, all right, okay. Thinking I was just doing reception duties. And um, he's like, where's your stuff? And I was like, what? And he was like, where's your tattoo gear? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he went, your first customer's in at 11. No. Yeah, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And he was like, well, you showed me you can tattoo on your leg, so if you can tattoo on you, you can tattoo on playing clients. I was literally like, oh, fuck. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my stuff's in the house, all my machines and my power pack and everything. And he's like, just bear one in that station there, just use all that. He's like, here's some machines, just use them. So I was like, what is it I've got in? And he went, oh, it's these. And it was like soft pink outline wings with soft pink shade. And I went, I can't do them. <laughs> like, like straight away and I went I can't do that on a paying customer I said I can't do it yet I said I, I know my abilities and I can't do that and he was I said what have you got and he's like I've got this tribal dragon in it was like you know fucking palm size <laughs> so I was like yeah sweet I'll do that it took me three and a half hours like it took me three and a half hours here's the crazy thing when I gave my notice in at that studio after I'd like I ended up managing it for two years and then owning it <laughs> how long fucking... after how fucking long like what's yeah. the time frame of that like going from going in as an apprentice to being like oh fuck I own this shit now um, what four years fucking hell mate um, that's not fucking yeah. about dude it was it was too much too soon like, really I, 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 yeah, 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 I, but, I, yeah I, 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 but I like I'm a firm fucking advocate it's fucking how you look at it like obviously I don't know the fucking ins and outs but how much did you learn whether wh- oh yeah did you yeah fucking learn from that shit that's it yeah as a person it fucking yeah. you know shape but yeah like as as a business person I wasn't 
You know what I mean? I was not business minded enough. I'm still not business minded enough. I was going to say you business minded now, mate. I'm just not business minded enough. Like it got to the point where I'd go in and I'd be opening the bills and I'd be looking through the diaries and I'd be like, right, this is paying this, this is paying this, this is paying this. Next day, this is paying this, this is. Who the like? I'll be honest, like, like who 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 the fuck signs up? for that i don't exactly yeah. I don't every forget. artist night needs a pa man every artist just needs like a little personal assistant uh, but the thing is it, 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 the is life. that's that bit you know that bit where you're running the fucking business and that's where the money is like yeah, yeah. like that as as the guy who's um uh creating and, and and doing the tattoos or or creating and making the music or creating and making the fucking art or whatever like that's what well, that's the IP, as it were. That's the fucking intellectual property of it all. But like, that's annoyingly, that's still that's not where the fucking money lies. If you can manage all that shit, yeah. and you can bring in that fucking clientele, and you can fucking do like you're sitting there and sitting on your yacht in fucking Saint Tropez, and do you know what I mean? But exactly, yeah. I was just like too young. You know what I mean? I had too much going on with fucking young kids. You know what I mean? And this, that, and, the other. and this is what I said to Ray because he fucking did it all. You know what I mean? He did it with you know, a lot of fucking tragedy in his life at the same time as well. And I always said to him, like, and I still do, you know what I mean? Fucking respect to you, mate. Like, I don't know why you do it. Like, I honestly yeah. don't understand how yeah. you do it. But yeah, I mean, like like I said, going back to what we're doing, like, he gave me a chance, went in, fucking three and a half hours to do that fucking tattoo that, you know, nah, th- this is the irony of it. Like I say, when I left, it was, I had nothing in on the, like, the last day. And I was literally like, I'll just take any walk-ins that come in. The walk-in was that tattoo. <laughs> a cover up. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was someone else. Oh, we now, up here we go. Do you know what I'm saying? Starts. <laughs> yeah. So I tattooed like, that girl, and she came back for all the duration that I was working at that studio. No she was like, "You were the first person that tattooed me," and I was I just felt comfy with you. So, but yeah, this this person came in, and they were like, "Oh, I want that tattoo," and I was like. He fucking, I was like, he, I was like, he really? And they, were, and they were like, yeah, why? And I was like, well, I said, it's my last day today. And I said, this is like my last tattoo that I'm doing. And I said, and it was also the first tattoo that I did when I walked in the studio as How well. How long did it take you? 35 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, so, it, it didn't need a touch up. It was solid as fuck. Fucking hell, mate. Yeah, but I was, I, and I, do you know what? The mad thing is, I said to her, I was like, do you know what? I said to him, it's my last day. I'm just going to charge you what I charged for there on the first day. And she was like, oh, I'm up to them. was like 50 quid. No yeah. way. Yeah. Fuck I was just know. like, fuck it is what it is. I was like, it, I said, I was like, it's a fitting end. Yeah. To work in there. I left that fucking place with a big lump in my throat. You know what I mean? Because we'd built that up to something fucking amazing, me and Ray. And then it just got ribboned after I fucking signed it back over to someone else. Mm-hmm. Like within, within 18 months, it was shut. Yeah, it's sad, man. It was a cool studio, all that as well. Like, it was chaos. I remember walking in there. And it was, it, do you know, mate, it was fucking chaos. That's a whole podcast on its own. Like, yeah. that is literally a whole podcast. I'd love to fucking try and talk to some of the lads that I fucking work with. You know what I mean? My God. Do you know what? We could, no, we couldn't even record it. Like, some of the shit that we go to, like, it <laughs> just couldn't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? But you give you give a fucking tattoo studio, and it was a big studio. You know that there was five or six people working there, and at the time yeah. that was unusual. That was unusual. Yeah. No, but nobody had that many people in the fucking studio at one point, and we were all in our twenties. You give a load of twenty-year-olds a fucking tattoo studio and a pub next door. 
fourteen. Yeah, recipe for disaster, mate. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I, I said... shot between twelve and two because that's lunchtime, and everybody like all the tattoos after that are pretty fucking ropey. <laughs> Do you know what? Like, we 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 used to tattoo till like four in the morning. Mm. Like, we used to fucking four five in the morning sometimes. Fucking we used to fucking power on through like. It was it was an insane shop to work in. It was absolutely fucking nuts. Everyone there had like their own personality and characters. Not like when you walk in a tattoo studio now and everyone's like looks the same, dresses the same, does the, you know what I mean? You're just like, what the fuck's going on here? Everyone it's, had something different. It's it's mad. I, I remember like I, a lot of my tattoo history is is delved from making questionable fucking decisions when I was a fucking youngster. Um and having mates who picked up a fucking tattoo gun because they were like, well, I know how to use a spray can. I know how to use a fucking paintbrush. I wonder if I can use this. And like, there's a, there's a chunk of my fucking tattoos who were tattooed by a guy who fucking has zero fucking tattoos, not fucking one. And those are my fucking best tattoos just because he picked it up. Like it was a different medium that he had to master. That's, that's how he fucking saw it. Um, And, and when you know the mediums that he's picked up beforehand, and how well he's fucking mastered those. It was just like, of course I'm going to fucking let you tattoo me. I yeah, have yeah. no fucking question that when you put that on me, like you've got so much respect for the fucking art form and yeah. so much fucking respect for fucking me as a person. And it was just like, I was just like, fucking yeah, where do you want to tattoo me? And what do you want to fucking do? Like, of course I'm going to have your fucking artwork on me. And yeah, when yeah. I when I tell people who fucking who who don't know them and they're just like the guy's not got a tattoo on him. I was like, not he's not got no interest in getting his own tattoos. He just wanted to do it himself. That blows their fucking mind. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that transition coming into tattooing because obviously, like when I started, it was fucking old school. You know what I mean? It was literally like tribal, traditional. Yeah. Letters on the arm, Kelly yeah. bands, um, and you—you you know, your apprenticeship was essentially traditional. You got fucking the shit ripped out of you. Obviously, I'd already done apprenticeships at different fucking jobs, so I knew all the fucking tricks of the trade. You know what I mean? So I, was, I said to him when I walked in, I was like, "There's no point trying to pull the fucking wool over my eyes or my balls over me." I just said it ain't gonna work. I was like, "I've been around the block already." And he was like, "All right, okay." Uh, but yeah, seeing that transition because I remember. I remember when like airbrush art became fucking massive and everyone was doing airbrush art. And then you started to see these airbrush artists who were like transitioning into tattooing. And I was a bit like, how the fuck are they picking up a coil machine and doing this so easy? You know what I mean? And it, it wasn't, this was when the transition to like these softer hitting rotaries started to come in. Right. And I remember touching, like, I remember having a go on one of them and I was like, I can totally understand why this is fucking happening now because this is like using an airbrush on skin. And it's so, yeah, I was like, that's how easy it is for them. I was like, all you've got to do is think about your colour palette, you know what I mean? And you're literally just dipping into it to change it because that's how they work. They're essentially like an airbrush, these new rotary machines. Fucking hell. Yeah, they also look like dildos, but, you know, if you're not fucking... I'm walking around with a tattoo, a little tattoo. Whatever machine, you're into. Like do you know, yeah, don't, hey, don't, don't knock it till you tried it, lads. Do you that's know what I'm saying? I like to feel the power of something in my hands like going through the skin. I like to be able to feel that skin tear with a needle. That's going back to when you were fucking born. That's what it is. Skin tear, <laughs> isn't it? Fucking hell. Right, let me, go, K- let, let, me, like let, let me go for a fucking slash. Otherwise, I'm literally going to piss on my jackass. Yeah. Watch this.
Where the fuck are we hooking up like in fucking real life? What's happening there? What's Mate, as soon as, man. As soon as we need to do something in person. Fucking big podcast right. episode. Get everyone together. A few beers, a few smokes, whatever everyone wants. And uh, we need to, man. It's been far too long. I love doing this shit remote. It means we can do it quickly and stuff. But I'll bring man. edibles. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Good luck with fucking that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Which Chris will bring edibles. Be fucking crawling off. <laughs> Chris will bring the edibles. You bring the coffee, and that's a, <laughs> that's a fucking party right there. Yeah, man. You don't need to fucking that. That's that's happening regardless of whether anybody wants him there. He's fucking there. He's got to. He's, he's like he's like your, your background mascot now. It's like my guy, like my, my old my old Reaper boy over here, <laughs> the Grim Reaper. <laughs> I like what's good though is you've with guests and whatnot you've started off really fucking low and it's really easy to kind of build that fucking bar up. So it's fine. It's Get too fuck, man. <laughs> Get too fuck. This has been good. It's been enjoyable having on, man. We need to do this more regular, bro. Honestly, yeah, like it's been a fucking pleasure. Fucking too right, man. Um, yeah, like I said, I have done fucking prep, and if we're talking about. Like, I mean, essentially, this is what this fucking podcast is about. It's about fucking music, isn't it? So, Man, like, that, yeah. I, I'd like, I'm, I think, I think if we're going back to fucking what skating's given me, and it's it's my fucking eclectic taste in, in music. Like, before this, I was like, right, fucking, I need to find some cool music because these guys know music and I literally fucking don't. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. And the first, the, the first things that popped into my head was, um, Heath Kirchart, Heath Kirchart's um, section with uh, Nights in White Satin, Moody uh, Blues. Yeah, and like, yeah, I remember, yeah. like, and I, it's the only song by the Moody Blues that I know because it's the only song by the Moody Blues I'll ever fucking listen to because it's got that linked fucking skate. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's yeah, loads yeah. more. There might fucking not be, but I'll never know because it's just like, well, I only want to listen to that song because it reminds me of skating. Um, yeah. Quick question for you, Luke. You got yeah. a, you got a section on a skate vid. What's what song are you fucking? What song oh, are you riding to? Wow, fucking hell! Annoyingly, I should fucking know that. And this is the bad thing: being fucking being involved in skating and being a skater for twenty fucking what three fucking years. Um, all the good songs have been fucking taken, um, <laughs> and it's yeah. like I'd, I'd love a super fucking cool one like. Um, like a fucking Jimi Hendrix chap or a fucking... Um, Who's like Something New by Jackson 5, mate, when I think Illegal Civ used it on something and it's just the perfect fucking tune for a skate video. Like, I love soul music in skate mm. vids. Like, mm. it, it, there's something about it where it's just like, you know, it's either for me, like, hardcore fucking punk, yeah. metal, heavy shit, like, you know, fucking you know, balls to the wall or it's some cool fucking funk soul kind of <laughs> nice, like old school fucking vibe, but... Okay, yeah. I've got potentially like a bit of a... I, I, I think I choose this song mainly because it's me after having probably fucking two beers and it's... um the fucking safety dance men men with is it men without hats or men like you know the fucking song yeah. i fucking the one from fucking biodome yeah. Like, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's my fucking song and it's <laughs> yeah and i don't fucking give a shit like it's yeah that'd be my fucking track because it'd be me doing the five tricks that i know how to do on fucking repeat um i'd love it to be a cool fucking song and me being all like yeah man i'm really fucking but i'm not i'm a fucking moron aren't i so i'm gonna have a fucking 
crazy fucking weird ass fucking tune like that. So uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm not Heath Kirchhart as much as I'd want to be. I'm some fucking muppet. I'm the guy who's acted in fucking Biodome, aren't I? Unfortunately, <laughs> like you've got to lean into it, haven't you? At some point. I'm just um, glad that you didn't say no cigar by Melancholy because I would have been well upset. <laughs> I was on every fucking skate video back in the day. Yeah, yeah. What the fucking looking at before? It was um, uh, toy machines jump off a building, and it was the no, first time I was introduced machine. to fucking Pink Floyd. And it was Mike Mike Maldonado. Mike Maldonado. I can never pronounce his name. And it was um, a fucking a classic fucking Pink Floyd song. Wish you were here, like something like something like that. And I remember being like, God, this is a fucking awesome tune. And literally, fucking 10 years later, I met a really, like, one of my fucking best mates, Sam fucking Clegg. Um, really, really big fucking Pink Floyd song. And he put this tune on. And I went, Mike Maldonado, I, I, I know this. I know this song. It's fucking, it's from, and I could tell you the fucking video it's from. I could yeah, tell yeah. you who fucking sung it. Like, that's my, that's my music. I can tell you the skate video it's from and what section it is. Could not tell you what the song's called or who fucking did it. So, <laughs> like. I, I knew, I, I was the opposite way, like, I'd be watching the fucking skate videos with my mates because I was more into music than skating. And yeah. I'd just be like, oh, fucking hell. Oh, it's it. You know I mean? Hey. And they're like, how the fuck do you know all these bands? And I'm like, that's my thing. The only reason I know Pixies is because of fucking skate videos. And yeah, it was like yeah. knowing people, no, like I knew people who were into music as much as they were into skating. And they were like, oh yeah, Pixies, yeah, yeah. But, and I'm like, I'm, like, I know this tune. This is fucking so-and-so and he did, and he does this and he does that. And they, people fucking look at you funny because you can name the trick that they did on the beat of the fucking song. And and they right, just, right. do you know, like, but it's that level of, I, I think that, and you could be a fucking geek in anything. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Knowing unreasonable amounts of information about the weirdest, well, not even the weirdest thing, but like a specific fucking thing. That could be oh, music, that could be yeah. you know That's what, I mean? what I'm it's, like with music. I can, I can tell you what fucking, like, you know, what, what I used to be able to, like, someone goes, oh, when was this album released? I'll be like that, yeah. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, you know what I mean, generally. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, well, my Dale, Dale will tell you this, even though I had, like, the biggest fucking bootleg collection of music that, that was known to man on, on, the, on, the, on, like, the fucking northern hemisphere of the planet at that point, probably. All my fucking, like, discographies were all in year order, like, in release order. Wow. Fucking wow. Oh, you're that guy. Yeah, <laughs> al 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 alphabetized and, like, fucking, you know annualized as well. Dale, so like, you know when we do a podcast, can we not invite Chris? He's that guy. <laughs> well, that was that was it. That was the only order in my life was music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, was filing music in fucking right order. But it'd yeah. be well annoying. i colour of spine of the fucking CD of it. I'd be like, what colour's that in? I'm going to put in colour order. <laughs> oh, no. Well, they were, they were in them, like, Maplin fucking cases, weren't they? And each one of them had, like, fucking 800 CDs in them. And I had, what, three of them? Yeah. Fucking hell, mate. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question for you, man. What year was the uh, the Rasmus released? <laughs> I don't Which know. album? I, I literally couldn't have put on I'm going to say that, that how, fucking how big one. How not to answer this question? That, that big one would have been 2001, I reckon. Too far, right. Let's see. What was the thing? In, in the Shadows, the song was called. How man, the fuck do so I remember all this? Why? No, no, not how. Why? Why is the question? Because be it, was, it was continually on MTV too, so it was just bombarded into your fucking eardrums, wasn't it? Oh. It was everywhere. Yeah. But what genre of music is that? Just just out of curiosity. Finnish pop metal. 
Right. <laughs> why, why, why was I subjected to that? Could, See, I, how do I know that they're from Finland? Oh, this is what me. I mean. <laughs> you know, no, what, it was from okay. 2003. Oh, but they got right, the, they got into the spotlight in 2001 with the. Hey, uh, there you go. The there album you Into. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was I'll, I'll, can, I, can I throw out an idea for a? Um, I mean, this is a little bit out of Manchester. I know, I know, like you, you're deep into Manchester, but obviously, both like living in or around Manchester. Um, there's a, a massive part of my musical fucking heritage, if you if you want to call it that, was um, uh, was a place I used to go at the age of like 12, 13. Um, and it was a place called Zoo Coffee Shop in Preston. Um, and it, for people my age and probably a, a little bit older, like 40, pushing 45 sort of thing, this place was like the Mosher hangout. You bought coffee and they had a wall of CDs. And if you were lucky, you got to choose a fucking CD and eventually it would get fucking played. Um, and that was like, this place where you could still smoke cigarettes and, and, and buy a can of Coke and fucking sit there and listen to music. Like this was the place where if you were into that scene, like that's where you'd fucking hang out. So for me being that age, I was like, well, I listened to Corn and Limp Bizkit and I was accepted there. And it was like the guy who owned it was this big fucking metalhead who wore chains and just black and black hair and whatnot. <laughs> I felt fucking, I felt fucking accepted. And yeah, yeah. yeah it was fucking, yeah, no, yeah. That was, that was the fucking go-to, like, cause it was close to uh, the warehouse as well, like in Preston. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, that was the fucking go-to place. Yeah, we um, had Athletics Palace. Oh, fuck. Yeah. yeah, that's still going though, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. You want to buy it's, tap it's, from any place, like that's where you go. <laughs> it's not what it used to be, man. It's really not what it used to be. Like I used to work in Aflex Palace for a couple yeah. of years. I worked in Sabotage selling bootleg fucking CDs and VHSs. And what is know. it now though? What what what's the vibe now? Because I, I, I probably last time I went was probably how old's Phoebe? Fourteen. So I probably went when Phoebe was like maybe ten years old, so about four years ago, maybe. It's not changed much. What in that four years? Yeah, it's not like it's from what it was in the nineties when you used to be able to just go and buy weed wherever in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not like that anymore. It's really not. You used to be able to get some fucking really cool shit in there now. Yeah. It's just dead sanitized. I think it's yeah. because the northern quarter's been sanitized and Ancoats has been sanitized and gentrified. You know what I mean? It's all got to fit with that image now. Just then like, that just means that that shit's got to move. It doesn't mean it's got to change. Oh, I mean, I mean, change is good, but I mean, it, like that gentrification is always going to fucking happen, and it's always yeah. going to spread, and it just pushes that creative, that creative mindset, and and what those creative people can fucking afford. It pushes like we're always on the fucking fringe. You just the the difference is 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 we're fucking mid thirties to fucking mid forties now, and. Yeah. Like we just we've just got to move. Those younger people will just move where the fringe of the gentrification is, and that's that's not a bad thing. That's always how it's fucking happened. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, but, I mean that that might mean it's the end of Affleck. I don't want to throw it out there. You're a fucking Manchester-based podcast. I'm going to throw it's the end of Affleck's palace out. There. Well, do you know what the thing is as well? It's like where I work at the moment, Oldham Street, and everyone's like, "Oh, look at it up here. It's so nice." And I was like, twenty fucking years ago, you wouldn't walk up here unless." You were coming to chase music, roadkill fucking records, or you were walking up to Ancoats to go to the fucking rehearsal studios. Yeah. I said, and then you walked en masse as fast as you fucking could. <laughs> you get your fucking instruments next. Luckily, being a drummer, you know what I mean? Being a drummer, I always had sticks in my bag. It didn't fucking matter. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't, ain't going to rob me. I've got sticks and bodies. It ain't fucking taking nothing off me. 
But that's it. Because I, I say to people, like, all these shops along here just used to be empty. There yeah. used to be nothing along here, and nobody had ever gone past Aflex. That would be the furthest point most people would fucking go or Piccadilly Records. Mate, that's Morecambe. That's Morecambe now, dude. That's Morecambe. Yeah, really? like, that's where I'm from, and it's it, it's it's it, it's annoying when you you live in a place that's got this much fucking like fucking hell, dude. Like, if you've never been to fucking Morecambe, come for a fucking day out. Like, look when the tide's in, look when it's a fucking nice weather, and look out to see because it's fucking beautiful, and it yeah, blows yeah. my mind that I am five minutes away from five minutes walk away from that. Nice, and, and I feel like I'm the only guy who gets it. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. are you shitting me? Like, you've got this as a setting and you've done this with it, which is yeah, yeah. fuck all. You well, just let it. it go to rack and ruin. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, that's what pisses me off about Manchester. Like, all these fucking, like, there's so much that's been pulled down as well. Do you remember um, the boozer on the corner near the arena, the Juicy Bridge? The red brick boozer on the corner. That, mate, they just fucking ripped that down last year. Uh, yeah, old fucking Victorian listed buildings just fucking ripped it down. And I was For like, support fucking flats there or a fucking a, a, an intersection or something fucking stupid like that. And I'm literally like, all you're fucking doing now is turning down Manchester's history piece by fucking piece and just turning it into this glass piece of shit. It's I mean, like, I, this, isn't, this isn't relevant now. So we're just going to fuck it. And you're mm, just like, yeah. That's Whoa. it. It's not what's happened is you've let it rot for 20 years. So you can then turn around and go, this is beyond repair now. All we can do is tear it down. When all you but have to do that's is. That's how it works. Like that's yeah. literally how it works. Yeah. And it's fucking so annoying. Literally, all these beautiful buildings in Manchester. I'm like, the soul of Manchester and the heart of Manchester is gone. <clears throat> So yeah. we've we we we've we've got a we've got a fucking there's a bit in in, in Morecambe that's a little bit like that. It's um, it used to be oh, fucking it used to be Frontierland. Like the, oh the, yeah the, yeah yeah yeah. So basically, and um, Morrison's built a big um, uh, supermarket and they owned the Frontierland land and they just put right. hoarding in, hoarding in front of it and went well you can't look or see this anymore. So and that's been like that for twenty fucking plus years. And then a load of artists very, very recently over the past like year, 18 months or whatever, like basically say what you want about lockdown. A lot of good has kind of like been born mm. out of it sort of thing. So anyway, out of lockdown, um, a lot of artists got together and they were like, you know what? We're just going to illegally create art and put it onto this hoarding as a way of making it look better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what? If it brings people's attention to it, if it makes the people who own it like fucking want to do something with it, like brilliant. But you know what? We just we love where we live. Let's make it look better. So I got um, asked to put um, a piece of artwork on it, sort of thing. And it's in, in in the space of eighteen months that the council have bought the land back off um, Morrison's who who own it now, um, and now they're in talks as like, well, what, well, what are we gonna fucking do with it? And it's like, well. You know what? The fucking people here love where we live. Like the, you know, just yeah. the, the Joe blogs here. Like we we want this place to be fucking nice. So let's so, fucking do something with it. It's one of them. Turn it back into a bustling seaside resort like it used to be. Yeah. But they used to be the, the, the feature, didn't it? The north, like. Well, it used to be the like... fucking. It used to be the posh bit. It used to be the posh yeah, yeah. seaside fucking town. And it's like you've got the Midland, a beautiful fucking piece of art deco architecture. Yeah, but yeah. then you've got the Winter Gardens, where they've got a scraper by for money to renovate it. And shit, even Morecambe and Wise used to fucking play there. And like, like, how much heritage do you need before somebody turns around and goes, ah, you, "We should probably protect this." 
Yeah, like they, well, you, like they, 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 behind that, there used to be a fixed um, funfair, like Victorian fucking beautiful funfair. There used to be the Lido where you could go yeah. swimming. Any, and they just filled it in. And you're like, are you insane? What are you yeah. doing? Like this is this is culture. This is how people who don't have a lot of money. This is how they spend their free time. Like yeah. you, so, yeah. like why would you That's just it. take that away from people? That's it. And the governments at the time set that up because they knew that the people who were working, you know, were going back to like fucking Victorian periods when all these seaside towns were put into place like that. But the governments then put them put that into place because they were like, on the bank holidays, they're going to come here. This will be their only day off for the year. You know what I mean? They'll this will see them right and they'll get back and they'll, they'll shut them. They'll, they'll shut them, essentially. Yeah. And then essentially, yeah, you know what I mean? I the other day about that, about like a town, I think it was Blackburn that was completely desolate, like two or three days every year where it's like the weekend that they all went to Blackpool, you know what I mean? And the yeah. and the whole yeah. town yeah. went there and there was just no one from that, that town, you know, that was their one getaway, wasn't it? But yeah, yeah. it comes down to like protection versus profit, doesn't it? Which one turns more? Should we make it into a load of flats and flog them all for 300 grand each and, you know, spruce it up and give it a fancy new name or do we protect the shit that's actually fucking there like all day? Well, that's it. Like, Think about well, like venues. Yeah, all they've the closed venues, in Manchester over the, the last few years. All the moments you know I mean? that have happened in them as well. Yeah. Like, well, Sankey's is gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sankey's is fucking gone now, and that should have been preserved. The Roadhouse is gone, even though that's just being left to fucking rot at the minute. Mm-hmm. Like, because nothing's been done with it. You've got, well, the Bear Keller, the original Bear Keller, that's fucking long gone. Joshua Brooks is gone. Jabez Clegg's gone. Grand Central's now closed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fucking, you know, everywhere, all that shit is just gone I'm because all, of hey, gentrification. Hey, hey, I'm, all, I'm all for change. I'm all for change. Change is fucking good, right? But you can't... Change is good when it happens fucking organically. You can't yeah. just be like, well, you know what? We're going to make that not viable anymore because we want to be able to potentially sell it for more money later or, like, make it... Or whatever, like, forced change. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Like, you, like just organic change. Like, oh, well, that's kind of that side's kind of stopped and it's evolved into this and then it's changed into that. And they're like mm-hmm. buzzing, like all for that. Shit happens, shit changes, wicked. But turning around and forcing something to be like, oh, yeah, no, we're done with that. Like, like yeah, because yeah. that's not worth any money now. So that's fucking done. And it's yeah. like, the, this I mean, is the thing of- with, with being creative. It like, like that creative side, like, unfortunately, you can't put a price on a lot of it and that's where the people who sit there in in the suits at the very top who unfortunately in charge of making the fucking decisions they're like well hang on i can't quantify that so what am i meant to do Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean one of the other things as well like you say that you know change um like the smaller venues was the advent of the fucking internet and bands not needing to play a toilet circuit anymore. You know what I mean? They could instantly go, right, well, we're going to go and play main academy or, you know, second academy and stuff like that. That's what happens. No bands play a small venue anymore. Like they, like Ruby Lounge has gone. There's another one. That was another one where bands used to cut the fucking teeth in Manchester as well. That's gone. In the last fucking, what, decade, there must have been 15 venues in Manchester shot. Shit. But I'm like, what's the, like, like I, when I think of a small venue, I think of the uh, the ferret in uh, in Preston, mm-hmm. um, and that, that 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 was my local when I was at uni, and it was like if I wanted to watch music, that's where I'd fucking go because you could fit what a couple of fucking hundred people in there. Yeah, that's what and we're talking like two, three hundred max. Right. And it's like yeah, yeah. I, if I'm gonna go and see a band, 
I want to be fucking armpit to fucking armpit with the dickhead set next to me and I need to know what fucking, whether he's wearing fucking Lynx Africa or Lidl's fucking own brands. Do you know what that's I mean? A, like, yeah, I, yeah. That, like that's how that's how grotty and fucking dirty you like it. Otherwise, yeah. like, I don't, I don't, I've done Leeds Fest and this, that and the line. It was just like, oh, I'm like, oh, I can see Jurassic Five over there. They're about 100 feet away and I'm a bit bored. So I'm yeah, going to yeah, want... fucking drink. Like, I want it to be this thing that's in my face that I'm sharing with a very small number of people. And we can exactly. all be like, I was fucking like, it's Vietnam. Do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, weren't yeah. fucking there. But if you get rid of those little, little venues, like... You, it's almost like you're missing a step, like you said. You cut your teeth, like you're missing. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not. You, it's almost like you're not earning it, and it's like you. Yeah, yeah. you it's it's it good is. to go through that level of being paid fucking six cans of lager, but it's you do that when you're young enough to get paid fucking six cans of lager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To fucking do that gig. It's no good when we're fucking our age because it's just like no. I got a mortgage paid and Red Stripe ain't gonna fucking cut it at Halifax. So yeah, exactly, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, I had a, I had a client who was like, she's a very, very big Billy Talent fan, and she was telling me that she's never actually seen him in the UK because they don't play that much anymore over here. Right. And I was like, all right, okay. She's like, I've got to see him in Germany. I was like, oh, where are they playing? And she's like, oh, such and such arena. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, arena. And I was like, fucking hell. I said, I've seen him three times. And she was like, really? And I was like, the first time I saw him in Manchester Roadhouse and it was 45 people there. No. I said, the second, yeah. I said, the second time I saw him in, what was it? The Open Grape. Um, and that wasn't sold out. And then the third time I saw him in the liquid room in Edinburgh, which has a capacity of 250 people. And she was like, what? And I was like, I've only ever seen him at small gigs. I said, literally, where I could fucking go and crowd surf and touch him. But the, I, yeah, right. like, 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 I, 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 appreciate there's, there's, there's a need for like stadium gigs, and and, and I get there's, no, there's yeah. probably a vibe, there's probably a vibe, but it's like I don't tap into that vibe. I just I can't, like, I, I like, I, like, I can't mm. tap into that vibe. I'd rather, like, for, for me, I, I, I just, in fact, weirdly, I posted um, on my stories on Instagram. It was like a, a photo from a KRS One gig. Um, at the Guildhall and what I mean there was probably a couple of hundred people there and it's the only time I've ever crowd surfed and the ceiling was like that far away from my face yeah, yeah. and it was just like Primo by the way you're crowd surfing now and it was like that's one of my favourite gigs it's amazing yeah, like, yeah. I've got photographic evidence of me being slightly fucking cool um, so obviously it's it's it's, it's an imprint like for me it's but like I and I can like I said I can I've been to Leeds a few times like obviously that's not a brilliant fucking it's not like a stadium thing, but like I've that big audience. I'm like I don't feel connected to anything. Yeah, I yeah. feel like, well, where am I going for a piss and, and and how many beers have you got in your bag? And it's just like, yeah, it's crazy as well, isn't it? When you talk about like stadium bands and arena bands, because I always say to that, I was like, I, you know, when I, I talk about a band being successful, and I'm like, fucking hell, they've sold the Ritz out. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm going to this gig and I'm talking to everyone about it, and they're like, who, yeah. who are you talking about? And I'm like. They sold the fucking Ritz out, what do you mean? Because to me, like with the music that we listen to, that's generally like fucking hell, well done. You know what I mean? You've sold out 1,250, like that's yeah. fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, to me, that's a big band or Albert Hall now, you know what I mean? Like that's probably the next big venue. You're like, fuck me, you've sold out Albert Hall, that's massive. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you say to people, like, who you got to see? I've no idea. Like when we went to see uh, Run the Jewels at Albert Hall, who you got to see? Run the Jewels? I don't know who the fuck they are. What you don't what? know who Run the Jewels are, and then, and then all of, yeah, and then all of a sudden they fucking on the FIFA soundtrack and fucking 
Um, this is legend, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, no, you're on the dual side. No, uh, yeah, no, you don't. No, don't. Seen a bit, mate. Fucking and how, hell. And how boring was that second gig? Yeah, it was really shit. I saw them at the Academy 2, like when Run the Jewels 1 came out, and it was sick. Yeah. And then I saw them at Albert Hall, and I was like, oh, this is just. I need to get out of here. It was overcrowded. I couldn't move. Oh. Like, See, was... I loved it. I was like, this is one of the sickest hip-hop shows I've ever seen. They were sending me under. I was I was, I was a little bit too blissed out for that gig, I think. And we, me, we, like, we were fucking like, telling a lot of people they were going to end up getting a fucking smack if they didn't move. Though, but... it, it was just hostile. People were like, oh, look at this guy with a tattoo on his face. I'm like, why would you say that to Chris who stood there with a tattoo on his face? That's yeah. the last thing you want to say to a dude with a tattoo on his face. Like, oh, look at the guy with a tattoo on his face. Like, have you not learned Like anything? you're in a fucking <laughs> zoo. Like, yeah. fucking hell. That's it, and I've got all my mates around me who are like, the majority of them are the same height as me. They're not the same width as me, you know what I mean? But yeah. the same height as me. But like, why would you fucking say that to all guys that are like plus six foot fucking plus? And you're all like, you know, I'm sorry, but a Smirnoff fucking can's bigger than you can't. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I remember going to uh, Manchester. I think we're going back fucking hell. We're going back a, probably not quite 10 fucking years ago. Um, but my mate was just like, oh, I've got ugly, uh, ugly duckling tickets in Manchester. Wow. I can't even remember where the fuck we were playing. Um, and I was like, "Fucking yeah, mate! I'm fucking down for that." I tell you what, it was bare. There was there, there was like there was I could there was not even a fucking 100, 150 fucking people there. And my mate, my mate sold it to me because he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm fucking chatting to." He was chatting to one of the fucking guys and talking about merch and stuff. And so obviously, it's another story where I go somewhere and fucking there's beer there because there's a bar and I drink more than two pints and get fucking pissed. And it's what I do. Like I go in there and I'm like. I am vibing on this, and I was surrounded by literally very fucking sparse members of like members of the public, and I was just like, I'm vibing, and I'm going to drag everyone with me. Yeah, and it yeah. was like, I fucking, like, one of the best gigs I've been to. And there was probably like 150 people there. And it wasn't even packed. It was just, there was a, it was a big place, 150 people, and I was like, I'm going to get every, I'm vibing, I'm going to get everyone else fucking vibing here. Um, yeah, man, I, I remember doing that. I cat down and then I ended up getting on stage and throwing pills in the band's mouth. Like, off the grape, though, you know what I mean? It's what's, easy to get on the stage at the off the grape. What's that? What's that? Is it called the, is it, the, is it the hole in the wall? Is that, does that ring a bell in Manchester? There's oh, like, there's like on a the wall. band on, right? Okay, so like we'd, we'd gone there and, and and I remember it being, um, it was a, a bit of a staff do when I was working at the scene. Um, and we got there. I've been working all day, and I was like, "Davo, I'm working tomorrow. Am I allowed to get like, do I do I need to curb it?" And he was like, "Look, mate, you, you're out on you're out in Manchester. You can get wasted, sort of thing." So anyway, I was like, "All right then. You don't need to tell me fucking once." So gets pretty fucking wasted. Um, it's drum and bass gig, and I'm there like, "You send me in drum and bass, and I'll just I'll go hell for that. I don't care who's around me. I'll go for yeah. it." And I, I remember I remember being on the dance floor, and I remember um, just jumping on the back of the person who happened to be in front of me. Just so happens that the person in front of me was the biggest, blackest guy you could ever fucking see. And yeah, I had a yeah. massive beard at the time. And he, he was like a bucking bronco. And I was just like, this is amazing. And he flung me off and I land on my feet miraculously. And he turns around and I went, all right, mate, how's it going? And he looked at me and he went, fucking beard. And it was the first time I realised having massive facial hair means I can literally get away with anything. And then me and him were vibing for literally the next fucking 10 minutes, just like, and my mates, I remember, like, I, they told me the next day, they stood at the back of the, the back of the fucking gig, just being like, who's, 
who's calling the ambulance because this guy's going to get himself fucking <laughs> murdered. Like, and I was just like, mate, I'm vibing. Like, it's fine. That's me at a fucking club. It's bad. It's fucking yeah. bad, mate. I love that, man. <laughs> but, right, we're going to have to wrap this up, guys. We could go all night, I think. Like, I think we could, yeah. like, How long have we been? There's been like fucking two and a half hours, guys. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, it's been a while, man. I think we started yeah. about half six and it's like 20 past nine. So this is a Shit, yeah, you got, some you got some editing to do, mate. <laughs> fucking hell. It's all good. It's all good. I'll tell so, you what, just edit all me and my swearing together and that's a fucking 12-minute video on its own. <laughs> <laughs> mate, it's been a fucking pleasure having you on. Yes, do you want to, uh, give it's a couple fun, of shout Do some shit. What you uh, what you're working on? Where people can catch you? Oh shit! I've like I've got some fucking like you have to be quick. I've got some shit at the Dukes um, in Lancaster. Um, I've got some artwork going up at the Midland Hotel um, in Morecambe. I need to like fucking sort my shit out. I need to get that printed and framed. <laughs> but that's gonna be up soon. Um, I just fucking yeah. Like I'll tell you what. Big up fucking T1. Big up fucking Clegg. Um, big up fucking Davo um, at scene, fucking Ryan, like fucking, you know what? Big up fucking you two. Like you, you two have decided for whatever fucking crazy reason that I'm the first guest you have on the show. I, either you need to smoke more weed or fucking less weed, but I don't know which one it is. But I I can't I honestly I like I I can't fucking thank you enough, dude. I was oh, shitting it about tonight and then I fucking get in it and I'm like, this is like this is the fucking easiest thing I've ever had to fucking do. So yeah, like, and that's, that's down what, to that's you two. Like found. you two make it fucking easy. You you're fucking easy motherfuckers to talk to. So oh, man. the whole yeah, idea man. is it's just a blissed out conversation about what blisses you. Right. Or pisses you off right. or whatever. Where can, we, <laughs> where can we get your socials, man? You're on Instagram, aren't you? Oh shit, uh, LukePrima.art. That's 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 my Instagram account. Um, Sweet. If you'd I'll like put the to, links fuck, on. I'll yeah, stick man. Below, fucking so like, check it out. I'm always on there. I'm always on the fucking messages and whatnot. Like fucking, let me know if you like my work. Let me know if you fucking don't like my work. That's all good. Let me know I can make it better. I'm all about that. So. Fucking yeah, cool, fucking too right. Yeah, cheers, man. Yeah, yeah, cheers, guys. I fucking, I love it. Yeah, mate, nice fun, cheers man. for the invite. Fun. Yeah, fucking too right. Really fucking nice to finally meet you, Chris. It? Yeah, well, we'll yeah, have to do yeah, this yeah, face to face. We'll do. I the feel next like one we're kindred spirits. Like you get me and you and four pints, two pints each, and like we're fucking done. Like, like yeah, just yeah. how that fucking goes. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm a That's what I do. I'm a matchmaker. I bring fucking people together, man. <laughs> next I don't, time like, do I don't this. like many people either. <laughs> Yeah, wait till you meet me in real life and then we'll, we'll judge it. <laughs> if I can get on me like this, I'll get on me in real life. Just bring Next David with you. We... Yeah, fucking do it, mate. He's fucking on it. Next time we do this, this is in fucking person, though. I'm down Death for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% yeah, we're doing this again and we'll do it yeah. live in person. I'll get you some art. I'll tell you what, fucking, I'm going to get you some artwork um, with the fucking podcast uh, uh, colour scheme on the go. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, that'd be interesting. Thick as fuck. Well, thank you very much, man. Check out Luke's shit. It is sick as fuck. I'll put all the links below. It's been a long bumper one, but I've enjoyed it. Like I say, we could keep going for another three hours. It's been that good. I'm um, going to take some mushrooms and look at his artwork. <laughs> I'm going to go for a piss and probably go to bed because I've got shit to do tomorrow. So. Oh, I'm wired. I, I, won't, I won't sleep for another three hours, mate. I'm wired. <laughs> Guys, Never I fucking sleep. love you. I fucking Burn. love you. It's amazing. Same to you, bro. You take care, everyone. Bliss Please. out. Thank you very much. See you all next time, Please. motherfuckers. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Bliss Out Podcast. Episode 11, Legs 11. 